0: Get ready to be inspired with tips, tools, and easy to digest information. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Soul Tribe podcast, everybody. We have such an amazing episode for you all today, and we were lucky enough and honored to, yeah, to interview and to have on our podcast Foster Perry. And It feels very different from the other interviews because we really have just his energy here. And he talks a lot about his path and shamanism and what that's meant for him and and how that's kind of evolved through his life. And it's such a beautiful story and it's such an amazing opportunity to get this, like, look into his life and what he's been through Um, and what an amazing healer he is. So. I think, I think this episode is great for anybody that's first wanting to l- know a little bit more about foster, but also anybody that's on the shamanic journey or or on the spiritual journey and, and kind of showing you these ups and downs and these, and these transitions and just to help you see how everybody's path is so different. And during this episode, we really talk about so many things. It is a long one, so I would definitely recommend anybody that's Driving, this is great because you can have somebody there talking to you. Um, But if you're at home, you know, maybe you're cleaning, maybe you grab a cup of coffee um, because there's so much info. And I'm sure you guys are going to want to listen to this episode more than once. This will also be on YouTube, so um, if anybody's interested in watching it there, you can actually see him. Um, I'm going to just give kind of a side note here. There were some technical difficulties with, I think, his connection. So there's moments where his voice kind of comes in and out. I think everything's pretty understandable. We were able to understand everything, but, um, we just want to give that kind of warning because you might find yourself, um, might find that his voice comes in and out. We did this on zoom. So yeah. Um, other than that, like we get into so many topics, it's hard to really say and describe everything right here, but we do get a lot into his shamanic journey. Um, what shamanism is, um, to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, this whole pandemic and COVID thing and the energy and a little bit of that towards the beginning and the end of the episode. But also we get into extraterrestrials, uh, tribes, um, how how the energy has really kind of, um, you know, been on his path as well, how he's he's experienced that. Because I know that Chris has talked a lot about, you know, extraterrestrials in his episode so i think he gave his take on that as well because he's had some really cool and really interesting experiences that i think it would be great for you guys to hear and a lot more guys Uh, i'm not gonna blab on too long here but i really do hope you guys enjoy this episode and we want to thank foster for coming on as always we appreciate you so much and um Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the episode and sending you guys a big hug.
1: Well, we've had you guys on so many times, um, I don't even think you need an intro. (laughs) (laughs) But I will intro you, Foster Perry is here with us today. We're very excited. The idea is to talk about everything under the sun, but mostly you wanted to talk about um, kind of life after lockdown, right?
2: Yes, we can talk about life after lockdown. We can talk about many, anything you want.
1: Shamanism?
0: Okay. Yeah, We shamanism. Talked about, I mean, yeah. I remember our first episode ever, and maybe our second too, we talked a little bit about shamanism. You got a little bit into it. We, I remember talking about ayahuasca and a bunch of other things, but maybe we can go a little bit deeper into that because I think it's a fascinating topic that maybe people need to learn things about.
2: Yeah, for South America especially. You know, South Americans are more attuned to plant substances. yeah much more than North America.
0: Yeah. So we were actually, just so everybody knows, <laughs> we were actually talking about extraterrestrials and a bunch of other stuff, and I wasn't recording. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we'll. we'll I'd, I'd like to just kind of give you the mic and just like, you know, whatever you feel that you, you, you need to say to everybody today, because um, you haven't been on here in a while. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, we've been through this, kind of near-death experience, one of the changes. But these changes happen, you know, periodically, 1820, 1920, you have a pandemic. So we had another one, Um, but this is the smaller one. (laughs) So there is a larger one coming. I keep
1: hearing that and I kept feeling that something's gonna get worse, but I I couldn't really put my finger on it.
2: Well, you have to adapt. That's the most important thing. Everything is changing. So can you adapt to these changes? Now, why is it changing? Well, the planet wobbles on its axis. There are all sorts of issues with the way that the Earth moves. There are issues that are magnetic that are going on now. You know, right now we have plants that are blooming in the winter. You know, where I live now, it gets almost to 128 degrees in the summer. So it's incredibly hot. And that's, it's never been recorded so hot. So we know that the planet is out of balance. Mm -hmm. And we know that most people on the planet haven't changed their ways. They haven't really understood that this planet, you know, needs to be used in a way that we steward life, meaning you have to take care of animals, number one. I think there is more of a consciousness now of love for animals, taking care of animals, because animals for Native Americans, animals are more evolved (laughs) than us. They, uh, they have been here longer, and they are, in fact, connected to extraterrestrials. And how do we say that? Like, for instance, the ant people. There are two kinds of ant people. Some of them are, like, three feet tall. They look like kind of ants. You know, <laughs> they're a little transparent, by the way. They look to me like, <laughs> you know, too white to be an ant. But anyway, they're ants, like a termite. You know, it's kind of, they look like that. And some of them are 12, you know, like, 12, seven or eight feet tall. Some of them are really, really tall. Wow. I don't know if you know all the different extraterrestrial groups. There are so many. Like when when I was with the Hopi Indians, (laughs) I had a friend who was adopted by the Hopi, Luke Gatto. I loved Luke so much. And we used to go there, you know, and we used to stay with Grandmother Carolyn or this man who went to the United Nations. They're very humble people. They're very lovely, the Hopi. And so you go with them to the fields and you help with the corn because that's what they do. They grow corn. Every, the whole society is corn and they come from corn, you know, they're like they're born from cornmeal and blood. And so the creator, you know, Maso made this, it's a fantastic story, but we were in these fields and there were spaceships above us the whole time.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> they
2: were all transparent. You could see into them. So of course I'm, you know, helping to plant corn and, you know, they sing to the, it's very beautiful what they do with the corn. They have prayers. They're always saying prayers in their language. But, you know, no one was looking at these ships because they said, oh, that comes all the time. It's nothing new for us. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even pay attention. Oh my and God. all the people in the ships were blonde. I think that was the big shock for me. They're, they were called the Nordics or blonde people. Oh, yeah. And they were tall and they were fun to watch, you know. Oh, my goodness. And then finally, one of them came as my
0: student. no way it's
2: kind of a wild thing to have a student from another world lovely 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 person you know was kind of a he was a in-between person meaning he was like a hybrid yeah you know and and he was always telling me that everybody in these tribes who come from these different clans who are given authority and leadership all of them are hybrids they all have one extraterrestrial parent and one human parent And he was one of the blondes. He was super blonde. Like, you know, are they
1: aware of it?
2: He's aware of it. He was aware of it. You know, it was a hard transition for him Mm. because he had so many gifts and they needed to be trained. And in the in the people that he lived with, they they didn't train him properly. So he came to me and I just had to train him, you know, to become like a ceremonial leader to do the ceremony. I love that.
0: What kind of gifts do they have? He, um, or him in particular, yeah.
2: You know, they say that at the beginning there were hermaphrodites on earth, the very first tribe, the 144,000 were hermaphrodites, and they are male and female in one body. And he had qualities that they talk about with the hermaphrodites, meaning they move very quickly. I know the hermaphrodites can move very fast. Um, they are very akin to portals, to this idea of interdimensional travel, meaning making your body completely light, and then translating that light into astral travel, meaning you step out of your body into your astral body, right? Then you can step out of your astral body into your mental body, if you want, to go to a mental realm. You imagine a color, for instance. What color would that realm be? What would I look like? You know, you imagine it. And then, you know, you you can do a ritual, or you can go to a portal, and you imagine all that, or you do it in your house, because if you do it in your house, you make a vortex out of yourself. You know, that's what a ritual is. You're making a version. So then you can raise your frequency and then you imagine all that and you go there because you really prepared. You know, like if you want to go to Venus, you make the whole room green, emerald green. I do that. I love to do this. And everything is green. You know, I am green. <laughs> everything. Um, and then I do a ritual in which I am invoking. I, first of all, I do a Solomonic ritual. I do like a banishing pentagram ritual if I want to do magic. I want to do Indian work. I do something different. And then I do something called a hexagram ritual, which cleans the space. It's like makes it antiseptic. And then I step, the middle part is I step into the ritual. I have it all planned. And I make a sigil or I make like a doorway or whatever. I make a symbol. And then I invoke that realm. And I'm already in a heightened space, right? It's a magical.
0: Of course.
2: And then. You
0: just go. <laughs> Sometimes um, you go. It makes sound so easy. Yeah. You
2: know, like you imagine an Einstein-Rosen bridge, right? You imagine a portal, which is an Einstein-Rosen bridge, which is a, a kind of wormhole. And, you know, you go through it. It's very quick. And all of a sudden, you, you are traveling outside of your body. And you go to Venus. And you, you're still staying green. Everything is green. And then when you arrive there, you look like a Venusian. You don't look like yourself. Or you blend in. Yeah, you have to because if you're in their element, you know, you can't, you know, let's say I'm bringing a goldfish here. (laughs) They're going to die if I don't make the whole environment water for them. So it's the same thing for me going there.
1: Right. But do they know that you're, they know who you are for real?
2: They know you're different. Oh, yeah. They know you're different. They don't know where you're from. You have to tell them I'm from Earth. (laughs) Oh, poor
1: you. What do they usually say?
2: Well, they have no idea why somebody would want to become that material. Yeah. You know, why? You know, they've had other travelers, but it's odd for them that somebody wants to be this dense.
0: Right. You yeah. know, we
2: are, we are people who are warriors, who, are, who mainly came here to transform, right, this most material world materials, into something spiritual. That's what you're doing. You're raising the consciousness of matter.
1: So what happens to all those people that are like, sorry, like all those people that are, that we say are still kind of very asleep or not aware of what's going on. Are they also warriors that you think they signed up to do this, but they got stuck on the way?
2: Well, I think things are going to happen. Like the Hopi talk about, there will be a, a, like an asteroid. It's called the blue star. And this blue star is coming from the Pleiades. It's like the, the last sister, you know, the, the Pleiades, it leaves the Pleiades. It comes from behind the sun, it wraps around the sun first, and then it comes to the earth very close, and that shakes the our world. And then the second time, it it shakes our world more. So then we have a, a, a period, um, this is the Hopi prophecy, that it's black. You know, you can't see the sun, Um, it's really quite a a, a wild time. And then you have basically seven years to change.
1: Wow. Wow. Is that seven years of dark?
2: Yeah. Well, seven years probably is for three days, definitely. I don't know how long it lasts. No one knows how long that will last. But we do know one thing, that you have seven years to change, to change all your ways. And that's the beginning of what we call the fifth world. You know, that's when the purification comes in. Like, people all talk about this blue kachina. And, you know, I even say there's no real blue kachina. It just means um, that a blue star is coming. You know, mm-hmm. the kachinas themselves are representatives of those spirits, the extraterrestrials that used to live with the Indians. You have to understand, they lived on Earth with the Indians. Like, you know, the you know, lots of different, like, uh, you know, lived next to the little people, the little People live in the Serpent Mario, you know, the huge mountain Serpent, and they live there. So crystals are very different than humans, and, you know, human beings get scared of them <laughs> because of all the things they can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and they used to fight them, the Indians, and then slowly, slowly they realized, you know, this is absurd. You know, these people are much more advanced <laughs> than us, too. And we can protect them, like, from other tribes,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, because they are quite vulnerable. And the Indians, what you have to understand, they bonded with the extraterrestrials, much more than white people. They, their culture, everything is interconnected. That's where they got their knowledge and they were saved. Not all Indians are saved. Remember, a lot of them don't do ceremony and don't follow and don't you know, live on res or anything like that anymore. Yeah, of course. Very fascinating. So it's all of us, how do we change our heart? Do you follow the heart? That's what people say in shamanism because they say white people follow the arrow. You know, they just, it's like a straight line. That's <laughs> the way they live. And we don't, we follow a circle. We see always the seasons and the circle of life and how all of us are interconnected. You know, that's interconnectedness is one of the hallmarks of shamanism. Once you progress, you have a moment where everything is connected. You know, and then comes other gifts. There are many gifts like walking through walls. I, I met a shaman that I loved that was a Pueblo Indian. And you know, when I walked with him, he would just walk through the walls.
0: Oh my God, you saw this.
2: Yeah, so he was an adept. You know, there's some Indians that are adepts. There are some white people who are incredible adepts. And occasionally, you know, you'll meet one, like Christos was trained by one for six years, which is amazing to me. For me, you know, when you meet an adept, you know they're immortals. You know, you you figure it out over time, like the way they talk, and you know, I love that Atlantean thing. If you meet an Atlantean, there's a pause twenty minutes before the hour. There's a pause twenty minutes after the hour, because this is <laughs> when Atlantis <laughs> fell into the ocean, and people remember.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Deep,
2: it's kind of a deep thing, but it doesn't happen all the time.
1: Hmm. No. I, I was going to comment that because I'm going back to um, the Nordic that was your mm. student. It's funny because your image <laughs> is like super like loving, right? Whereas if you like read the stories, they're considered bru- they were considered brutal people, right? That's this that's the back end of the Not story.
2: Extra this this person was so gentle. Oh no, no, no. It was like very light kind of person. Strange though. Like Do way you think that's while.
1: misinformation or someone's bad perspective that kind of wrote it down?
2: Um no, I think that that. We have to separate the Nordic people that live in, you know, Scandinavia, versus extraterrestrials. Very, very, very different. It's different. Completely different.
1: No, not but different. there's there's stories of like Nordic, as in like not the Nordic people, but the Nordics that are those really big, blonde, really tall, yep. and they're considered being giants, um, right? Like I very, ma- not a massive. Yeah. and the, they the, say a lot of.
2: Yeah. Remember, there are positive. Star people, and there are negative ones. Yeah, just like there are human beings. And and certainly, I'm sure they invaded Iraq and everything because of StarGate. I'm sure there's somebody coming through a StarGate. Hmm. Um, and I'm sure they wanted to. Come. I'm sure it's more of an extraterrestrial. <laughs> hmm. These things are normal. These things are always going on. I think that you know this idea of not telling the public because you know we're all going to panic. No, I think so it's the silly. end of religion. It's the end yeah. of religion, that's for sure. It's the end of old belief system. deriding it.
3: Yeah. And
2: right. it's No, They have their own little <laughs> cameras, you know, and all these different portals. <laughs> you have to understand, people have candles. You know, like, they film it. If you go to Diamond Head, I don't know if you've ever been there in Hawaii, on the very top of Diamond Head, there, there are cameras, everything. And extraterrestrials come at night And they film all that. You know, if you go to Mexico, any of these palenque or even minors, like we consider them minor, they're full of extraterrestrial activity at night. That's why they have to close it to make sure all the tourists sleep. Yes. And if you talk to the guards, they say yes, yes. Every single night, they come. And they have council. You know, they all have meetings and they have council. It's normal. And when I was... I was about 25, 26 years old. I went to a place called New Hope. Uh, it's, it's an actual town in Pennsylvania. And these people had built an earthwork, like a beautiful earthwork into their hill, like, like a beautiful hill. And they had lots of land and whatever. And I was just sitting there outside and he said, you know, I've never seen an extraterrestrial. Oh, I said, that's not hard. So I just called the ship. I just said, and now they're going to come. And the ship came right within five inches. of us. <laughs> That's very close.
0: Wow! Poor guy, that's I was not a so school, cool.
2: but he was happy. You know, he was like yeah. that was needed. I believe
0: that's insane. You understand,
2: and he yeah. believed.
0: Yeah, I and think that's that's that's, what, that's that's it's the energy and it's like that thing of the perception, right? Of I can I can live in my own little bubble and believe what I want, be it religion or be it a structure or a bo- like in a box, right? And I'm not going to see outside of that, you know. It's like you have to be open to receiving that information and receiving that insight and that...
2: Well, look at me. I, I was somebody who, um, you know, I had turned my back on so many things. And I was living in New York City. And I, I got hit by lightning. And I had a... The night before, I hit by lightning was the first moment I read a spiritual book again. It was really years. And somebody had given a garter. Agartha is the plainer Earth, and it is connected to Shambhala. It is, it is uh, one of the cities of the inner Earth, because if you do extraterrestrials, there's also inner Earth people. That means people from Lemuria, people from Atlantis, different extraterrestrial groups live inside the Earth. They have their own pockets and holes and their tunnels. There's a lot going on in the yeah. earth. Wow. And there are portals down there. So, um yeah. This book, I don't know what it is, but I started reading it all night, and that's what facilitated it. It was called Agartha Journey to the Stars. I don't know how I got this book, really. I, just walk, I, I walked into some store, and I bought the book. And I just read it all night. And then the next day, I got hit by light. <laughs> you know, and the next day, I woke up, and there were three people in front of my bed. So I don't know what they are. They were just glowing shapes, right? They're glowing. <laughs> you know, they're not, like, solid. They're light beams. And they're standing in front and that's the beginning of telepathy. That was my first experience, real high-powered, you know, conscious telepathy. And they only talked that way. There was no speech. But what a download. You have to understand, because after that, I was never the same.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, of course, I could yes. communicate telepathically. I could do things. And then I didn't want to speak anymore, also to people. Like, I turned off the phones. I, I just said, that's it and and i had high frequencies like i could hear frequencies so i don't know what happened to me but i didn't want to cut my hair that's another thing that happened and i started to braid my hair with with um leather which is strange like long, i have very long hair now i started to grow it i would i would never cut my hair and i started to look like an indian you know and i started to build medicine wheels and i started and i had no concept how to do this i just started doing it
0: doesn't so there
2: is a connection between and memory
0: of course so mm-hmm. I think what they
2: did was they activated my old shamanic memories
0: Oh! Yeah.
2: and I started to grow plants and I started crystals for the first time in my life I mean my, I had maybe I don't know how many 300 crystals <laughs> you know within like I'm talking about a few months and I'm building things with copper wire and it's unbelievable and um, luckily I had some money because I had been working <laughs> You know, before that, so I could do all this. But I was young. I was 24, 25. And everything changed. And Indians started coming to me. I don't know what happened. The minute I walked out of my apartment, everywhere I went in New York City, Indians would jump off things, jump over cars. i mean, so full of life. It was also the, there was also a lot happening. And I started talking to them and hanging out with them. And I told them, you know, I'm not really Indian. And they said, oh, no, no, I think you are, <laughs> you know, what res do you come from? And I, I couldn't say, you know, I done nothing. I'm not from that. And they kind of helped me and initiated me. And I did a lot of sweat lodges and I did a lot of things. They were building, you know, skyscrapers. A lot of Indians build skyscrapers in Europe. So, cause they can take the high, high heights. <laughs> Amazing. They're not afraid. And then slowly, um, you know, I said, that, that's it. I have to leave, you know. New York City I went to Santa Fe I was great um, and while we arrived in Santa Fe something happened to a woman she she wasn't like um attempted rape and the man tried to murder her actually and she took her ring and put it in his eye
0: <laughs> oh my
2: and she ended up in the hospital so I'm in, I'm in a hospital now with her and some friends of mine who are traveling with us and that's how I met the shamans because oh, she said wow. I want to meet these shamans in Santa Fe because I need to go somewhere after this. I need to find out why this happened to me on her birthday. Mm. It's her birthday. No, my birthday, my birthday, my birthday. Mm. We were going to celebrate my birthday. Anyway, so we, we ended up with these shamans. And that's when they put me into deep meditation. So I spent another seven days, which I really enjoy, seven days in silence, you know, doing a Vipassana meditation. very similar. And just, you know, being attuned to everything, And they fed us and they read to us, you know, and we prayed and that was it. And then I slept there and then I stayed with them for months and months. And that was the beginning of a 12 year training.
0: Wow. 12 years. I mean, just listening to that
1: story is like it had to happen that way. And the fact that you didn't question it and you just like went with it. Most human beings like find that really hard to do.
2: And I found problems with them. Definitely. I met the Celtic shamans, you know, who were really, they, they had many problems, like a macho, you know, he was a bit macho, he was a marine commando, <laughs> so he put me through hell, you know, I had to do obstacle courses, I had to run up mountains, you know, and like the top of a mountain in 55 minutes, you know, so you're running and you're blindfolded, Then I had to do it blindfolded what? many times. Yeah, you have to do it blindfolded, you have to figure out where everything is, it's crazy. But oh my god, I would have
1: died in like one day. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, they you help too. you. They just throw me in the snow, and they, they throw me in the skin. You have to do two more breathing. They teach you the breath, like in Tibet, and you have to do it Oh, you die. You're about to die. Even these obstacle courses, I'm telling you, are almost dead by the end. And they're always moving rocks because you're always doing sweat lodges. So you have to find all these volcanic rocks, and you have to like do. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of work.
0: How did and you feel when you were there? Like
2: Very alive. Very deep.
0: Yeah. Oh.
2: yeah. It, you know, it was, at first I thought, is this a cult? You know, I think it's a cult. Because <laughs> yeah. my father was always writing me, maybe you're in a cult. And I said, no, it's not. It's just them being trained. And they're just very sweet. But, you know, the training is hard. And, you know, they're telling you stories. And so I had different teachers so I could compare over the 12 years. So that's, that's kind of a nice thing. I hike That's the time to You know, I hike so many mountains. When, I remember one day we hiked seven mountains in one day.
3: Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my You're God.
2: always like, you know, working and transforming, and you have to go, you have to carry your own weight at the same time. They purposely make your backpack your weight.
3: Oh. <laughs> so it's not like yeah, I'm just no. walking.
2: It's really heavy. Thank oh. God I was. And and so there, we were always at places that were like ten or 11,000 feet up so that I could talk to the star people or I could talk to, you know, they called it El Elyon. El Elyon means the most high God, the father God. Or you could talk to the goddess, you know, Hecate or mm, yeah. you
3: know,
2: whoever you believe the goddess. And, and every morning, you know, you wake up before dawn, you have to greet the dawn and you have to write down what comes to you. So they speak to you. Yeah. So you're always in the cycles of the seasons. You, you, you wake up before the dawn, you communicate, you're awake. You know, you did ritual last night, you know, where you did prayers and you did prayer sticks, you did all sorts of things. You used to go to Devil's Tower, which is, that's not its real name, but that's what people call it. It's a place in Wyoming. And then I met Dawn Eagle Woman and I, I did my vision quest with her, my main vision quest on the top of the mountain. And this, this horse came who was wild, like a really wild horse, um, and came right up to me and was kind of in love with me and was just <laughs> sitting there, like, you know, <laughs> just in my medicine circle, right at the edge every day, being with me. Wow. And that was my vision quest. It was a gray, wow. really, like a, a very macho thing. And I changed after that. When what she was did, your plan
1: to do after that? Like... Did you know what you were going to do after that? Like,
2: I did after the yeah. Then I knew I had to go to certain sacred sites. So then I went to, I think it was about 300 sacred sites around the world. So then I, I started doing ceremony and ritual in different sacred sites. So I'd be in Scotland in this stone circle or, you know, they let me be in the center of Stonehenge in those days and gave it all to me so I could do ceremony. That was a wonderful time. That's insane. Yeah. You go to the Orkneys, you know. I went everywhere. I went to also Asia, um, to Buddhist temples and you know, did ceremony. <laughs> it was quite wonderful. And you know, I, was, I went everywhere. Uh, I, I would say most countries in the world, I did my journey through India, and then I would set at the um, who was it, um, And then we went to Shingu, we went to different tribes. And I loved living with them. And then they had their own ceremonies, which are amazing.
0: So you're constantly learning, right? You're constantly absorbing also information during those times.
2: Those times. That, that was the training. It lasted 12 years. And I, I changed completely. And then you have to do your service. You have to help. Them. Don't worry. The whole time I was learning, I had to do healings on, on tribal members. And you were always called in the middle of the night to help somebody who has a disease or something. So you're kind of on the edge. Meeting Christos was kind of a break. You know, he said to me, I don't like camping. <laughs> Christos, <laughs> I don't like being, you know, So all of a sudden I had to change, you know, and I had been asking all my life for, I want to meet somebody from the White Brotherhood. I want to meet somebody from the Brotherhood, Sisterhood of Light. I want to have a partner who is an equal that I, that, you know, I don't want to be alone again, another life alone. And so when we met, which was you know it's a long time ago now, it's more than almost eight, it's eighteen years. Yeah. I I changed completely, and you know I slowly, slowly, I still was doing healings on mass around the world, but he was now in my life, and he didn't like he likes um, like the quiet together. So I built that with him. That That's changes nice. you. your heart. That changes you.
0: Yeah. And that's good. That means to me, your energy is a lot about adapting like Mm
2: -hmm.
3: throughout your
0: whole life to whatever challenges or things that have come to you, which I think is such an important lesson for people now, like you were saying before.
2: Well, I came from a wealthy family who had, who tried to give me everything, you know, the normal stuff. And I was not happy. You know, I was always in the forest. They had like land. So I would always be in the forest. I had crazy experiences. It's called the wild hunt, where like these <laughs> dogs were chasing me in the forest and these people like, you know, on horses. And I, I looked at them and I thought, this is not the same time period as I live. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in a different yeah. time period, but I'm running for my life. And, and I realized that's called the wild hunt. That's Nudd. I learned the Celtic way as well and, and who they are and why all of a sudden was I falling into these different time periods. They were looking for dead souls. They were harvesting so I just happened to be in the way. Mm. Um, so there's the question of birds as well. I have a long history and past lives with birds because I, as a shaman, one of my specialties was to know the language of birds. So that mm. has always followed me all my life. Um, wherever we have lived, you know, birds will come. Like birds used to sit on my head as a kid. I, had a, I also had a pet bird who used to sit on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> all the cute. time,
3: Aww. And I,
2: I lived with birds and they used to sing and, and come right up to me and start singing. And so I learned that that was part of my history. You know, people knew me from the birds. And the language of the birds was very important to me. So then I learned different codes because that's also a code. And I learned hermetics then, and they have a whole idea of the language of the birds. I learned something um, from the Celtic tradition and, and before the Druid tradition. I like Druids. We, we went into, um, you know, the bird ogums and the tree ogums. I've also loved trees, you know, trees. When I was a kid, I spent all my time kind of with the trees and speaking to trees and talking to trees for years, really. So um, I, I really believe that was the training. <laughs> you know, that, and then the Indians kind of, you know, solidified it and made it more concrete. You know, this is what you're doing now. So now I'm kind of it's a strange life because I always want to do ceremony. I kind of always want to pray. I kind of always and the only distraction I would say is television, <laughs> media. <laughs> you know, living in Los Angeles, everybody only talks about media. They only talk about, you know, did you see that show? And you yeah. look at them like if you haven't seen the show that you can't relate to anybody. Yeah. Yep. And everything is television here. You know, everybody spends so many hours in front of their phones and TikTok and <laughs> that it's hard to to speak to anybody. So you get kind of caught up in that, you know? And yeah. if I get caught up in that, I start to gain weight. I start to look different. I start not to do ceremony. And then you notice how things go out of balance.
1: Of course. Is that is that part of you think what it's supposed to change, obviously, right? We're supposed to bring in a new way of being, a new way of living.
2: And we have to make it our discipline.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: And we have to still go about our day because people have kids and people have their lives, you know, and. I yeah. still clean and do the laundry thing, and, but I have to do it with a difference. You know, I have to do it with anger. <laughs> That's a big one. And you have to do it without, like, complaints. You have to learn not to complain. You know, you go to countries where all your students complain about their lives and their husbands and their wives and you know, everybody complains. And in shamanism, you really can't do that. You have to take the high ground. You know, no, if you have how do you do to that? to well, if you have nothing to say, you don't say anything.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And I'm, I, I'm lo- I love
0: complaining. <laughs> I love I complaining, too.
1: That's like my this thing.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> but you have to watch your thoughts, you see.
1: It's true. Yeah. All the development. It's funny you said that cleaning thing, because today I spent six hours. You can tell Lorena, because I complained to her about it. I cleaned the house <laughs> for six hours, and I was like, the whole time, I was just mad. Like, yeah. guys, this is stupid. Who invented dust and dirt? Like, what is this 3D? I was exactly. like, this is 3D stupidness. What is this?
2: And it's going to last all your
1: life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Transform. I <laughs> you have to see the longevity of it. Imagine if you become immortal, you know, like, oh. let's say, you know, I do every morning this session. Um, it's a spiral meditation, you know, where you take the, the, the others, there's the original cell in your body, the mother cell, and that never leaves your body. And the eight cells that come from that mother cell, right, is the, is the beginning. When it divides into eight, that is the beginning of you, the first cellular division. But that first cell stays, So you can talk to that self.
3: And the way you talk
2: to it is through a spiral. And the spiral is going to the right, going inward. And inside of that spiral, you imagine the meditation, little grooves, you know, in the spiral. And those grooves are the years of your life. How many years have you lived? Hmm. So you have 40, right? 40 grooves. And And then you have like a ball there. It's like, you know, (laughs) a ball. I look at it as a pearl, but everybody sees the ball difference. Some people see a metal ball, <laughs> but it's there in the groove. And what you do is every day, I do this morning and night. I just imagine the spiral and I start turning this little ball counterclockwise.
1: It's like setting yeah. back time.
2: Exactly.
1: That's why you look so good. Look so well That's why you today, look so young.
2: <laughs> and keeping it every day. You finally get a little bit more, a little bit more. And what you're doing is you're doing something called mental gravity. Because we have, you know, this kind of gravity that keeps us here, makes us age. And and if you believe in death, it starts to get you. It's a collective belief. Mm -hmm. It's not naturally real. We came from before a more advanced society, all of us. Not all of us, but many of us. I definitely was an Atlantean. (laughs) And I lived in Egypt, you know, during the, the early time. And I I remember all that. You know, I also had a lot of memories. I remember one time it was like a guy in front of my bed, uh, like a light bee. And I asked, what are you doing here? Helping you to remember. Wow. So all I was remembering was previous lives, like Atlantis, Lemuria. And I went to see a kahuna. It's a Hawaiian shaman in New York City. This is right after I opened. And I went to see this. It was a woman and her husband, and I went to see them, and the first thing she said was, let's talk about Atlantis, who you were, how, how you lived, and why you're here. Because you can only understand who you are because you come from this advanced world, you know, where you didn't age, you lived very long. And she's the first one who said to me, in your last life you lived to 125, so you still know how to do it.
0: Oh, I love that.
2: And when I first met Christos, you know, my test for Christos, because when I first met him, I thought, nice, you know, Greek boy. Boy, <laughs> we're going to have fun. In the end, it was totally different. <laughs> he came to a workshop of mine only a f- like a few months later. And mm-hmm. when he was in the workshop and he told me, you know, well, you know, I can see crystals. You know, that, that, that was his, you know, he started to tell me his stories. So I said, okay, I'm going to test you then. Because <laughs> I'm like that. i got to test people. I have students. I'm always testing. them. And he said to me, um, well, you know, you lived 125 years in your last life. First thing, I thought, oh, my God, here we go. And I was with you in your last life. And that we made this long travel from France to Tibet. Wow. I can't imagine
1: being in your shoes and hearing that. Like, your heart was probably like, you know?
2: Details that I have ever seen. You lost three toes from frostbite. You know, everything, every detail. Which is the truth. I lost three toes.
0: Oh, my God. And
2: it was an amazing thing to have somebody in such detail know you. And that's, that kind of got me, you know, because I've never been faithful to Christos in any life.
3: <laughs> you have to
2: understand. I really have never, I've never actually believed in monogamy like that. And he believes in monogamy, you know. So in this life, I told him, I'm going to prove to you that I'm monogamous.
1: Oh. For, for
2: you. And I have they You're
1: they're making me believe in love again.
2: <laughs> I'm doing it for him too, because it, it has been against my nature for a long time. But it has not ended well. Right. You know, going with that, the more beautiful person or whatever, the one I have a heart of. No. And when I first met Christmas, he doesn't remember the first thing he said to me, you know, when he opened you know, to me and told me his gifts, he said, You know, we are two of one thing and you rejected me. I'm the part of you. I'm your part of your shadow that you rejected.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, that feels and right. So
2: we, we split from, from one person to two. And I'm—I was the better part of you. You see, the shadow is often the better part, the one who really is diligent, who really works, who really does the ceremony, who evolves. And you, you know, became something else. You know, oh, still illustrious, whatever a, a leader, but you know, not the same as me. I was in shock, and that's when I felt something. There's something more here, whether it's true or not. He doesn't remember ever seeing. Me.
0: Oh wow!
2: It just came through him. It was a whole afternoon. But Christus is also the one who sat down with me and um, we went into a different heightened state and we were just talking. And then all of a sudden my guides came in a photograph so I could look at them and then they started talking one by one. And then they took over my computer, my spiritual guides, and then they showed me their their biographies as Wikipedia. (gasps) And then I went back on Wikipedia, it doesn't exist. They just
0: (gasps) created
2: it for that moment can you imagine oh.
0: oh my gosh like that's so cool <laughs> and you, you wish I should you have, have taken better notes
2: it. I know but yeah. I'm like I should have taken better notes I should you know
0: because then yeah. like that's like at least when we channel with the Akashic I forget everything
2: I know <laughs> you do it's like a dream you wake up you have to yeah. write down the dream why journaling is so important yeah. you know I keep journals so I that's how you write books you know you yes. have to your journals to be able to write books because you don't remember what you felt at that time. And you have to guide people through the beginning, too. Mm-hmm. You know, what they were going through at that time. Like, I'm not that person anymore. But I go back to, to when I was, you know, even nine years old. I was laying hands on you know, people when I was nine. Yeah. I had a healing gift when I was nine. And I started to go through churches. You know, I started with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> My sister was like a Pentecostal. She was a holy Roller, And she got me into these churches. I was born Catholic. My parents never knew what I was doing. My sisters were taking me to hands-on people, and everybody was doing better. You know, the nice groups were like really a lot of people—70 people doing things. So. Always oh service. This is taught me so much about philanthropy and service and being generous. That you can't, you know, have money unless you are, you know, being generous with other people.
1: That's
2: true. No, it's not it's energetics. It. Yes. I, I mean, all those yeah. things.
1: Isn't there a balance though? Because for example, we have, just to not like give big shout outs, but like we have a family member that Lorena and I saw suffer because he gave, he was so generous. He gave out too much that it mm-hmm. ended up biting him in, in the butt. And <sighs> so there must be a limit where if you're giving oh. too much, it's going to affect you.
2: I had two friends. One lost her daughter. You know, to suicide, but she didn't never would believe it. And she spent millions of dollars just trying to find her daughter. And then I had another friend who lost his brother. And then he only went into time traveling. He was obsessed with time travel to bring back his brother.
0: Oh my God. Oh.
2: And he, you know, then you can't speak to them anymore. They oh lose goodness. themselves and all that. And these are very evolved spiritual people who are on a incredible tracks. You know, they could have gone so far. Yeah. but that was the that was the you can't say it's a flaw but it's the thing that stopped them you know, i have so much experience with different kinds of people like now every day people have told me about which parent died during covid
3: mm-hmm.
2: you now yeah. or i have people who were i have a woman who was horseback riding and she fell off the horse and paralyzed you now from the waist down you know it is a lot of and then of course a lot of our students died you know, oh they, they said that this is our time to go. And that you're going to see more of. Yeah. You know, when yeah. people as groups say that, that they want to go, like it's too hard for them here. It's too difficult. They want to go to the spiritual world, which, of course, is lovely. You
3: know, yeah, the yeah. underworld
2: is quite of wonderful. Of course.
3: Yeah. There's a
2: lot in the underworld. You know, they chained all the different <laughs> really nasty beings there, too. But where we go in the underworld, it's they take care of us. You know, you know that.
0: Yeah, we feel Imagine. the same message, too. Yeah. Yeah. When
2: you think of Hades or any of these kind of beings, they actually are caretakers of the dead. Quite lovely. Um, you know, I love Mother Earth. Father Sky, you know, this is how you do it. You also know that the moon and sun are clocks, you know. They create these calendars. And, and you honor the calendar, just like the Mayans did, you know. You start to understand Ma- Mayans are the masters of time. Hopi were the masters of space. And these different kinds of um, underworld cities that people go to, you know, like in Brazil too, they have a whole religion, Ubiazi and whatever, where people do the ceremonies on the top. They do like a church service kind of thing. And then they go down, the, the same service is done in the underworld. So they taught them how to continue. And that actually is very Native American. <laughs> Wow. actually the same idea. So when I went to Brazil, the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, this is a little crazy, you know, with the Greek temple and the whole thing. But in fact, they're actually close to the original idea. Mm. And it's always nine, you know, nine nine is always divine. You know, the Hopi have nine elders and nine kivas. You know, kivas were the shapes of these things that protected them after the Atlantis deluge, the actual time, they're like, you know, like spaceships kind of things. They're like boats. Mm-hmm. And they could they could go um, during a flood. And they're exactly, the, they ceremonial centers, what they look like. And so they do the same kind of opening. It's very fascinating. Um,
1: do you have any scar- advice for like, since we're all stuck, a lot of us can't go too many places right now. Is there a way to still connect with that ceremonial thing? Because I know it's like the power of many energies. So you alone, right? It's a little difficult. I,
2: I'm always teaching a different kind of ceremony because look, I have embraced witches. I have like so many friends now that are witches. So I started to teach witchcraft for them.
0: Oh, I love that. And
2: I have many yeah. students that are witches. So I start to go through all the different Hecatine rituals. Then we go through the moon, how you draw down the moon because there's many things that are similar in shamanism and witchcraft, and we're good friends, shamans and witches. And so we start to go into, you know, what kind of incense should we use? You know, I say a very good incense, like in South America, you have kopal, which if you flood it with kopal, a place, you know, that can help with interdimensional travel and, and leaving your body. And so I show them, you know, different rituals that they can do. You know, we make things like ladders and all sorts of fun things in order to travel you know, do rituals and I'm in the center of the ritual, you know, for a specific effect. And then I got, you know, I also studied some voodoo. I really like hoodoo. I like voodoo. I like all those things that's more African. So I went through a study there. Um, I like very much um, Africa. You know, I'm very happy in Africa. I have to say, it's different than the one continent you ever want to leave. Once you're there, you just you fall in love with the animals, you fall in love with the people. It's nothing like eating. It's
0: like like another another world. It's it's another world.
2: Instinctual. Yeah. And so um, underworld, underground cities, all these kind of things. I I learned if you want to do ceremony, you want to connect to these places, you have to stay in a a prayerful mode, like a, a constant meditation. Christos and I say this life for us is an illusion. We're actually meditating.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. it's a
2: good one, yeah. A part of our consciousness only meditating. Oh. You understand? Like the soul is in a meditation, and we're projected here. That's how we see our lives. Oh, and we goodness. always say, I, Christos always says, Foster, you never come as one soul. You're a group soul in one body. And that's <laughs> actually how I feel. It's, you know, the many voices are now one. I'm in my 60s. But when I was <laughs> younger, there were many, many beings. I could feel them inside of me, and they all had to integrate. Yeah. and they all had to follow the higher self you know the most important thing is is to reach the higher self or your holy guardian angel you know you know your guys just to honor and respect them though though they don't need much all the other beings like hecate or any beings i heard my Alegua here that's that's uh, <laughs> african shamans i have you know my apollo i have lots of different beings you know i'm greek so i also honor apollo and um you have to give them off. I have to say hey, that doesn't go by where some script says you didn't get any offerings today. Right. <laughs> so the life of a shaman is I have to put a plate of food outside for the spirits. I have to do another offering because I've I've also done fairy rituals where you have to talk to the earth and you have to invoke the fairies and then they, they come and they live in your property. So like everything becomes amazing. Oh wow. Because so, it come through the doors. Because you open door on your pretty, you talk to the earth and you did the specific sounds. So everything I have ever taught is in videos, just to let you know.
0: Oh yes, yes, so if, tell us about if, that.
2: Well, if oh, yeah, I teach something, I put it in a video. That way it's for posterity. Because also I may never remember these things again. Do you exactly. know what I mean? I'm getting older. So, and, and it's like, a legacy,
0: have, you have to pass that on. That's part of this, probably your mission here.
2: Absolutely, so when we did the fairy thing, um, you know, I, I got my fairy ritual through um, the Sloan manuscripts of the British Library because everything has been written down, you know, in other centuries. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and very and you just have to translate it for modern times. So we we looked it over, Christos and I, and we translated it. Wow. And then I did it once with Christos and then I started to do it by myself.
1: So where can people mm-hmm. find those videos?
2: Uh, they're on video on demand. And my secretary and and... Office at Golden Hummingbird will direct you there, or we have we have a link to every vid- Vimeo. They're on video on demand. Foster Perry, my name. We'll put all that women. info
0: on the show notes. That's amazing. It's,
2: it's amazing. You you do you learn all about the fairies, but then you have to do the ritual, and the ritual is intense. You do it over a few nights.
1: I actually had no idea you're doing that. If not, I would have checked it out a lot sooner. <laughs>
2: Like the Solomonic ritual, I say, I'm going to teach you this. And then we go through each phase. I even had crystals like do the whole mouthing of it. (laughs) So they understand like how to chant it and how to open up a pentagram and hexagram with your fingers, you know, or a wand or a a sword. And then we we show it on the video and then you do the rituals. You know, this is how you do a banishing pentagram. hexagram. There's so many. I mean, there's some for doing the medicine wheel. How do you want to set up a medicine wheel? What are the directions? How do you do it for North and South America? So all uh, of ours end with a ritual. You understand? Like I did one on witchcraft and the nine, because um, I also like very much um, the daemons <laughs> because they, they have their own um, understanding and they help angels and they help everybody. And they're very close to us and they're very fast. And there are nine originals there and they live in Akasha. They live in the fifth element. And so you call them from the fifth element. And then they come. And they used to take over my stereo all the time. I have one (laughs) that I love really a lot, Cupid. You know who Cupid is? Some of the Mm. arrows. And Cupid has a different name, you know, as a daemon. But it is a day, And Cupid would come and take over the stereo in my room. You know, I have these (laughs) like speakers in the room. And we'd just start playing music. I mean it's not connected either the speakers and they were just music.
0: Oh my gosh. To me, love
2: song. <laughs> <laughs> like from the 70s. And I would just listen to these love songs. You know, and they would make me cry because they're like from your, you know, when you were a kid. But it's the way that they say them. It's the way that it opens your heart. And then you realize, oh my God, they're opening my heart. They want me in a specific place. And this is this is their gift. We're giving them rituals and giving them you know, offerings and, you know, I give an offering of a drop of my blood. That's what they like. And and they want something, you know, they're not gonna fast unless you do the rituals. You know, we did Orion rituals to different planets, planetary systems. That's what Native Americans are doing. They're balancing the universe. They're dancing the universe on earth. They're opening the ley lines on earth and they're connecting the different stars. And they time everything. It's amazingly astrological and astronomical. And, you know, the more we start, every night we go out, we look on our star maps and we see the connections between stars and what star is calling us tonight. You know, maybe we lie down and we you know, journey for a, you know, 10, 15 minutes to a star.
1: That's awesome.
2: You know, it's you just the beginning
1: meeting. that you're going to Venus. Do you go to any other places or just? Oh, yeah, Venus?
2: everything. I have a list. So the last one that I did on video, <laughs> I just finished, is the kachinas. So the kachinas are star beams. Eat dolls out of them, and people dance. Nine feet tall. So if you go to live with the Indians, you know, you see them. They dress as kachinas in the dances. And they're nine feet tall. You know, with these incredible headdresses. So amazing how they do Anyway, Anyway. Um, yeah, in this, we have all the different planetary systems and what you can expect. <laughs> it's like oh. a short description, like you want to go to Bootes, you want to go to Arcturus, very good for shamans. Oh, and you where can guide favorite. all of that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Or you, do you want to go to the Pleiades, do you want to go to Orion? Which stars? You want to go to Orion's belt, which is where everybody usually goes. The belt of Orion is three stars in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking for specific alignments. Mm-hmm. And then the more you study the alignment, the more you connect to the alignment, the more they, they connect to you. You know, whatever yeah. you want, they come towards you. Yeah. You make the effort, they come. It's very fascinating. I
1: wow. I've always been I, I, very I, attracted to Jupiter. What do you have to tell us about Jupiter?
2: Jupiter is, is expansive. You know that. Yeah. It is also wealth. So maybe you're calling wealth into your life. It's also authority. It is generosity, it is, uh, can be a kind of unconditional love in which you are you know, magnanimous. Jupiter is always about expanding something. So unfortunately, if you're dieting and you're doing ju- Jupiter, doesn't work, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, I've <laughs> learned know? that in astrology. Everything yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think, I think my butt got too much of Jupiter. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
2: well when, when people start in spirituality, they all want money, you know, they all try to do Jupiter rituals. You know, to Jove, Jove, like they did in, in Rome. Um, you know, Christoph's told me a lot about hermetics, how they used to teach in the Renaissance, you know, the people about wealth and how to generate money. So, of course, all these different wealthy families at the Renaissance time started to study rituals and they only did the same ritual, only for money. So all their houses are magical houses, mm, only wow. for money. But it's very boring to us. Always keep asking for money and not for the higher spiritual advancement not for the mysteries not for you know for us it's a mystery schools we're
1: teaching or health tasks for health these days
2: oh, oh yeah we did many things about different plants and how to work with plants teachers you know we have our own plant and have it right here but we have our little plant teachers like i have my mandrake you know i sleep with my mandrake at night <laughs> my mandragora root it looks like a little person <laughs> and i stay with it And the mandrake teaches me in my dreams. And then you have to learn slowly to wake up in your dreams so that you can start to control your dreams. You can be Mm -hmm. inside of your dreams, change outcomes, interact with the spirits in your dreams.
1: I actually have a question for you to get your opinion. I had the other day an experience and I've never been able to accept parallel lives. Like for the longest time, I kind of put in a little box and I said, "Okay, one day I'll revisit the idea. And one day I was in bed feeling really, 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 really sick. but I was like freezing. there was no reason. I had' been totally fine. There was nothing wrong with me. It just came out of nowhere. And I remember i I was I kind of prayed to my higher self and asked to see if I could figure out like what was going on with me. And I drifted off. And then I had a dream of it, this crazy parallel life which was just like everything turned around in my scenario, and she was like emotionally devastated in that in those scenarios. Mm. And I thought I felt it. I experienced it. It was it was real. And Wait, I thought I just tapped into multi- it.
2: Well, you are a multidimensional person. There's a multiverse. Now we talk about the eleven dimensions, and one of these dimensions there are parallel worlds, <laughs> parallel dimensions that are all affected. And there is you enter that dimension and you start to interact with it. And there are dimensions where you have a different time. Time, not like we experience time, but completely different. There's one in which, you know, you're in a parallel dimension in another solar system. So that is all possible. You're also working out things, you know, inside of yourself um, to eventually integrate that are not integrated now. Remember, we have an emotional body. We have a physical body. We have, and they all have different names. You have an intellectual body that has a different name. Mm-hmm. And if you could name all the different bodies, then you could put them together. As, an, as a kind of Arthurian round table with all yourselves. And then they all balance. They start to balance each other because they're all acknowledged. You know, I have a name for my emotional self, my physical self, my intellectual self, my spiritual self, and then the higher magical name that usually Isis or one of the great goddesses gives you. Because you know, I think goddesses. There was all matri- matriarchal. And then it became El Elion, the Father God and all that stuff. So when I return and I listen to them um, and I know all my different bodies, I feel much more aware. And then I do my practices, which is outer, you know, you, you look at the sun and moon and everything, everything outer, you listen to sounds outer. And then you do mindfulness inside, where everything is only inside and you have no concept of what's outside. And then you put the two together, inner and outer, as one consciousness. Hyper aware of everything in your space and very aware of what's going on inside of you and every movement. That's enlightenment.
0: No, oh, I love that. This where you, the way you put that.
2: You have to practice all that in your life. So when you are finding different parts of yourself, you know that the whole journey of spirituality is to know yourself.
0: Of course, so, 100%. If, so
2: Lucia, you must have asked. I want to know myself. I want to know what's going on inside of me. I want to know. So I'm sorry. They showed you. <laughs> really, I wasn't didn't bad.
1: like it. It was awful. She was so upset.
2: And you, you slowly, slowly start speaking to that person. You start you know, talking to them, acknowledging them and seeing how can we help you. And then you get to a certain point of healing, like forgiveness or healing or directing them because they're finding you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then it integrates into you. And then you have more energy and more power. That's how it is works. Is it
1: normal for it to tap into this, this oh, reality? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh,
2: terrible things. I've tapped into horrible things, like everything I've ever chained in other lives, all oh, my prisons. You know, what have I imprisoned in the past? Mm. And then you have to free them and release them and liberate them. Oh, my God, that day is a big day. Your heart bursts open. You liberate everything inside of you you've chained, everything you wanted to reject in your shadow. You know, and you're meeting your shadow. Lucia, who can be? As long well as the shadow is very chaotic. Why do I go to the stars? Because the stars are full of order. They have a natural order. And if we can bring that order to Earth, then we have natural order here. And that's what ceremony is.
3: Yep. Just, wow.
2: the yeah. The order is already existing. Things move in a certain way, and then you, you start to move. You have so much free will here, Lucia. You could go, like, wherever you want emotionally, <laughs> you know, and eventually you have to say, well, what do I really want? How do I want to live my life? Here? You know, a lot of kids just want to experience absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And then once you've experienced everything, well, and now has it, has it hurt you? Has it done something to you? What, what worked? What works for you? What helps you to actually be more awake, more alert? You know, that's what shamans will always say. How, how have you cultivated awareness? hmm you know, or have you just been distracted?
1: I feel sometimes like the way I feel like I would want to live. Yes. Might be wrong. Like if <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> yeah. like, there's, you know, that meme, I don't know if you've seen the meme that goes around that says there's people that want that like really expensive house in the big car. Right. And then there's right. people that want the small cabin in the woods away from those people. Well, I'm the second one. Yes. Like,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. No, but, but that's being anti-social
1: it. and we're here to interact oh, no. with each other.
2: It's spirituality, I have to tell you, because in my own life, okay, I had the experiences with the big cars and all the money and everybody always comparing themselves around money. And I just felt like it's too greedy, especially if you live in LA, it's like, Oh God. And you'll never reach that anyway. <laughs> it's like, it never stops. Of course. And then you realize, okay, my priorities are wrong. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you retreat, you know, then I like now I, I retreated more into the country. I don't want traffic. I don't want a lot of cars. I I want to be with nature. Yeah. I want to just drive my car to a crossroad in the middle of nowhere. And I want to speak to the spirit, to the great spirit, Watatanka, to Kashla, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: or Hecate, call her. And I love that I can just drive, just do that, and I feel aligned again. I feel just being there, you know, in the middle of nowhere, praying that no car come. Because I'm in the middle of a ceremony and I'm like a road, a roadway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is because it's a lot of crossroads. What you, you need, like lots, right? Of power, yes. But far away from people, and then cars always come. Don't worry. They always say that's the end of the ritual. Here comes a car, and you just feel this this blessing, that peace that just descends you, just being in nature. And I like to quiet myself down. I love to listen to all the different voices and the parts. And then the, the tremendous peace of spirit, when it just sees through your eyes, when it's awakened, and then it takes over. Right? That's like when you're chanting, you guys. Mm-hmm. That's like you feel Mother Earth, and you feel deeper connection underground and above, and you're just there. You don't want to leave. The wind comes in. You know, the in, nature interacts with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's spirit. That's spirituality. See. That's what you're called to. You know, Crystal yeah. says, the older i get, I just want to go to the forest now. I just want to I go do. the same way.
1: Yeah, the thing is I have a child that kind of <laughs> needs to play with other children.
2: <laughs> and Native Americans will say, maybe that's your calling to spirit because they had to do that too. They had to leave cities, they had to leave chaos because they always say that cities are going to get full of chaos. They're going to become places where people are get crazier and crazier.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And you have to be very careful and because it's so much TV, so much stimulus, so much going on, they've lost their way. So that when these spirits come, when, you know, the comet comes, whatever, are you ready? Are you ready to live a harmonious life? You know, because the next age is only that. Mm-hmm. That's the adaptation you always sense in me. I'm adapting to the way things are going to be.
1: Sign me up! I'll go tomorrow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's your way. You're doing that naturally. But again, you have to be a leader. You have to be a teacher. You have to be on fire for the people. Like you have to help kids and educate. Everything is education, and you and especially kids, you know, and especially healing. You want to help with health.
1: I struggle with the children thing. Like my 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 daughter started school now, and. I, I'm a, I'm a bit against the school system. Like, I feel like they don't teach you what the kids really need to. She's four years old. They should be teaching her how to deal with her emotions, how to recognize herself. Like, and yes. she's not. And so I, I read like archangel books at night before going to sleep. And, and, and she already knows how to put a crystal grid under her bed and activate it. And my partner thinks I'm crazy.
2: <laughs> well, there's Steiner schools and there's, you know, there's Montessori. But in yeah. the end, in the end, we need a school that also merges mystery schools and spiritual teachings for kids
1: yeah yeah and oh I my god i would all, love to find one like that
2: that's what we wanted, right that's why we want to create it yeah we all learned for that growing up i want you know the medicine man to teach me and again yeah this yeah in life, I, I always hurts me when kids on reservations don't want to learn it i'm like this is what i wanted to learn <laughs> and they wanted my education you understand
3: yeah. like no i
2: wanted to be prepared for the world to make more money and, and I want theirs, you know, how to work with the clans, how to understand spirit. That is what you have to teach your kids anyway. They will have to make the decision. If you live your life according to spirit, according to your heart, they will try to find you.
1: Because, oh, it's beautiful.
2: Because there is no, I have to say it after all these years, I don't see any joy or anything in this very modern kind of boring world. that we're living No,
1: in. I don't see it either.
2: I don't, I it didn't give me very much. And yet now with my eyes open, I see everything as divinity. I see everything that way, but I live much more simple now. You know, I lived a big life. Don't worry. I, I really, I worked hard and did all that stuff.
0: and then I. So are you guys traveling anymore? Cause I heard you guys are going to New York yeah. and New Jersey. Was it?
2: Yeah, we're going to New York, New Jersey at, in June. We have a big, big workshop here at our house in June. Oh, and cool. then we go, we're going to try to go to Italy, uh, Slovenia, and uh, Poland, um, Greece, and mostly, I think it's mostly Germany.
1: we going there for- there. You're not making it to Holland?
2: No, we're not going to make it to Holland, but we would love to. Oh. Not, maybe not this time. You know, we're going where we usually go.
3: Yeah. We have a
2: lot of students, and we just want to see how they're doing. Yeah. So for healing, you know, a lot of people now, um, when you've been home so much and you've analyzed your inner life and you've spent more time with your inner life, that's what we've been doing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's kind of hard for me even to come out now. <laughs> I like to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, you know, going through your dreams. You finally have enough time to catch your breath. So now you make different decisions. Do I want to go back to the way I worked before?
1: Yeah. No.
2: Do I want to live the way that, you know, we were rushing, doing all these things? We were so happy not to.
1: Yeah.
2: And what is fascinating is that Christos now is in one place and he's now getting work in a totally different era.
0: Yeah. It like shifts everything. Yeah. yeah.
2: You, you're changing. You're going towards what you really felt all your life you should have gone towards.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, or more towards what you feel would be service. Maybe now I think Lorena definitely is starting more her service. You know, there's matters of that. I have to tell you, Lorraine, I, mean, I did that thirty-five years. Yeah, <laughs> long time. And Lucia, you, you, um, you know, you have to bring through new ways of thinking, new ways of educating kids,
3: mm-hmm.
2: new ways of 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 health. You know, because hospitals and all these, it, it's there's a lot of good people there, but it's not working. Yeah, we all feel the limitations of the society we're in. We are the next. People who have to change it, who have to innovate it, have to at least speak our mind and tell the truth and be honest. Like, I don't want my children to learn these things. You know, I want them to learn more than this. Yeah. Another dimension of learning. And then you have to start it. Not that you'll ever be able to finish it or that you could even maintain it. You just have to start it. Yeah. Uh, in the end, a lot of us are yearning for more than that. I think we're learning for a whole structural change. We want actually almost every structure to change, including governments.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: In the yep. U.S., we really went through almost like a destruction of our government.
1: Totally. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, um, it showed a lot of the flaws in the system. I'm, I'm not against anything. I'm not a divided person like that. I feel more, um, I want to live in a society where at least I'm free to make my choices. Yep to do you know the witchcraft or whatever you know if my neighbors knew what I was doing I don't know that they would like it, <laughs> it to itself, you know and then the few people who really do know are you know they want to know more <laughs> they want to do more actually more ritual with you um one of the things uh, I also did a whole teaching on just dragons oh, which wow. I how to build a fire inside of you how to do dragon rituals which is the draconian mysteries and then I taught the Kabbalah, you know, and then I taught the, the, the dark wheel too. <laughs> so that you know both sides. Yeah. Not to get too much into evil, the dark wheel, but to know it. Because to understand it. it, it. Yes. And, and, and understand and transform through the dragons. Because it's two dragons. And then, you know, when you're in South America, it's the plume serpent. The plume serpent is the dragon.
3: What's a it's plume a serpent?
2: Quiet. It is where all these temples are oriented to. In the Yucatan, in Peru, oh. a lot of there's a lot here. Kuku khan is, is the version of plume serpent. The teaching this dragon in the air and in the water. It's always both, and it's a fire dragon. Um, so, does it destroy the world or does it bring us Kundalini? Mm. That was one of the practices for me. You know, within a year of my my transformation, um, I had Kundalini. And no one told me what kundalini is. You know, I didn't know what it was. At first, I, couldn't, I had to hold on to buildings. You know, I was really, really ungrounded for a long time. I was floating out of the air. I was anti-gravity. <laughs> Everything. And, and I went to actually see these monks who were trying to levitate. And they levitated a few inches off the ground. I was so involved in these things then to go anti-gravity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I was in the middle of a meditation with these shamans. They were taking me through the universe. This is, you know, back to the universe. The, we were going through the Pleiades and Sirius. And all of a sudden, I had Kundalini. And my body started shaking. And the whole thing was ringing like bells from inside. Bells. I mean, I'm talking thousands of bells. My whole body, incredible feeling. And I'm shaking, whatever. You know, everybody's eyes are closed. They're in some meditation. <laughs> and I'm just really going through the whole thing. And I... I don't resist it. I have to let it go. And you know, I had just by the end, I had really wanted to scream. <laughs> <the> end, like, <laughs> but I just went through it. I'm so polite, really. I don't scream. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, was I was in a different reality. I was. I wow. was clean, but I was clean. I was there. I was walking between the worlds. That's the initiation. So it's self-initiation, realized. It's timing when you have kundalini. Real kundalini is that. And I realize there's a whole buildup for it. And then after that, you know, as more like saving people, helping people. Because you you went through the big things. Then I had to do voluntary death. That's something in shamanism. You have to prepare your own death. You have to make a casket, you have to do the whole thing. Then you have to bury yourself alive. And then you have to let yourself die. Wow. And somebody has to take care of you to make you food and everything. You recapitulate your life, you die, and then they, they revive you. And that was, you know, I lost a lot of weight. I was like, I don't know, a hundred pounds or whatever. It was like, oh my. And, and, and it was a profound death. And so I went into samadhi. You go into a death state in samadhi. You're like in a bliss and you don't feel anything. You feel good. You feel a joy. But you're in a Samadhi, and that lasted six months six months Samadhi. Wow. then, then I came out of it. I was only 29 years old.
0: So young. Wow. But so then
2: you die and then you're reborn. and then that's it. okay. now do your work. <laughs> you know, go. You no know, make you, know, you still have things to learn, but go out. you're always learning. Yeah. that was the great blessing. Um, then death. It didn't have meaning for me anymore. You know, death didn't exist for me. I anymore.
0: think I need to do that because I freak out with death. Even, even though I know all of these things, I yes. know, I understand it. But it's still, it's more losing somebody than me dying, if that makes yeah. sense.
2: Yeah. yeah. When you die, it's very true. You know, it's like falling asleep. And you wake up on the other side and then there's luminosity. There's light on the other side.
1: And I love sleeping, so that's okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because many people now are not sleeping. You know, not so well. Yeah. And that, again, is the rumblings of the unconscious. Are you in alignment with your real self or not?
0: Mm.
2: You know, I believe I can sleep because I'm in peace with myself. You know, not every little thing I've ever done in my life. Every lie I've ever done, I remember. (laughs) And I have forgiveness for every lie. But I don't believe in sin. I don't believe in guilt. I don't believe in any of those things. That, to me, is all Yahweh. That is all manipulation. Mm -hmm. I only believe in original blessing. And there's always two trees, you know, for the Kabbalists in in the Garden of Eden. I love that. One is the tree of life, the tree of immortality, which, which, you know, is always the shamans used to say to me, when you get to the underworld, remember there is the waters there. And if you go in the waters, you'll be rejuvenated.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Oh my God, you'll be immortal. And you have to spend time bathing there. And that's why you have to die. Um, voluntarily, yeah. and the other, and so it's not a bad thing, yeah. um, and yet I have fears of death, like I don't go to amusement parks and ride, the, you know, I used to ride always the, the wildest ride roller coaster, I
1: don't do that anymore,
2: <laughs> like I'm older, no, no, I think I mean, that
1: comes with, yeah, you get older, and you're like, wow, I would not do that ever again,
2: it comes <laughs> out of an airplane, you know, when I was younger, <laughs> I, I, won't do that. I used to do trust falls, I did over like 150 trust falls oh. off of buildings. like really, what? Yeah, into all these things. Because I used to teach that. That I wanted everybody to overcome their fears. They have to actually fall backwards. <gasps> so it's scarier. And sometimes they hit the building because they're so scared. Like they cramp up and they, they get injured. So we had a few injuries. But most people did it. Because, you know, it's like a giant you know, mattress or whatever. At the other end, we had mm-hmm. <laughs> big things. We had to stop that. Um, because people were terrified. They were terrified of jumping. And and I said, though, no, this is very much what life is. This is the in the tarot of the fool. You yes. must jump off the edge. And you must trust. So that happened with me and the shamans. I fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And the shaman man, this huge man, picked me up and grabbed my arm just as I was on the, dangling on the cliff. I was laughing because I, I was blindfolded. I had no idea.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Uh, he told me later, you were like way off this cliff. And then he pulled me back up. And so I always felt protected. Yeah. And that's the way, Lorena, I want you to feel. You know, this is Mother Earth. You know, we protect her. She protects us. This, this, these extraterrestrials, the good ones, always protecting. They're kind of there when, they, when you need them. I have a lot of friends who are Vietnam vets. And they were in Vietnam. And in the middle of the fighting, they were about to die. And blue beings came. These blue people, they have no face. They're about nine feet tall, seven feet to nine feet tall. And they come in the middle of the battlefield and took them off. And protected them. Oh. So, Lucia, when you totally trust, when you really believe, it is amazing. When, when you feel the connection to your ancestors, I mean, that's the most important You've got to find the ancestor, maybe who was the witch or the shaman or whoever, the medicine woman, the curandera. You know, I love a good curandera. <laughs> <The>
1: curandera. <laughs>
2: My favorite. I, I have many friends, curanderas, and I train curanderas. Sometimes the curanderas say they have to, they get trained with you. And you're like, okay, let's start with Datura, <laughs> you know, the most poisonous. <laughs> and let's see how you deal. You know, do you die or do you live? It's really like that. Really? Because you have to raise these poisons, you have to learn from these plants. And you have to learn how to use the plant in a way that won't kill you, that will just help you to go to elevated states.
1: That reminds me of something that happened to me since you know about those things. I had um, I had, had Aurora and they, I had had an emergency C-section. I had been bombarded with, um, what's it called? Um, to not feel the pain. Um, Epidural and stuff mm-hmm. or painkillers. Yeah, what, uh, but yeah, what's the drug called that they give you not feel the pain? Forgot the name.
3: Oh, or, uh, you
0: get an epidural, but I don't know if that's what it yeah, is. Um, and it's
1: the, anesthesiologist. the anesthesiologist.
3: yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Anesthesia. Okay. So they had given me anesthesia for so many hours and, awesome. um, and then my doctor messed up and, and I, ble- I was bleeding out. And it, it was almost like three liters or something. And then after found out that he had cut one of my main arteries by mistake. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: And I remember I was going, I remember I was in the bed and I was like, I'm never going to meet my daughter. And before that, I had read my own Akashic records many months before having her. <clears throat> and they told me that I was gonna have a near this experience. I was like, no, 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 it's not happening, it's not happening. I didn't believe myself. And then I was on on the table and I I, I felt myself going. And I remember thinking I would never meet my daughter. And I I asked, I started praying and asking the masters, to let me come back. And I wasn't ready to go. And I um thankfully I obviously I made it. Um, but my body went totally haywire from obviously. The lot, all the blood that I lost, the experience I went through, and all the anesthesia. And my body bloated up. My I remember my feet being oh, yeah. like three times its size. It was itchy, awful, and it wouldn't go away. It was, And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I had fever. I kept vomiting. And it was three weeks after, and I was still going through all this stuff. And one night I was on the couch, and I was living in Cayman Islands, so there's scorpions. And mm-hmm. one day I was on the couch laying down, I had fallen asleep with Aurora right here next to me. <laughs> Um, and I felt something crawl up my back, and I remember going, oh, Take it off, take it off. And I was thinking cockroach in my mind. I was like, Take it off, take it off. <laughs> and I felt a huge sting right in my scorpion. spine, probably around the place where they had given me the nurse, the epidural, because I found her, felt around there. And it ended up being a black scorpion. Um, the next day, oh, I felt amazing, oh. everything went away. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah
1: everything was every, I, no more vomit no more fever my the the my the three times the size of my feet that was itchy gone my body had like rebooted and i was like the only thing that happened was i got stung by a scorpion by mistake last night there must be something in the venom that helped me and it must have happened on purpose right
2: because the, the poisons are the healers all homeopathy based on poisons And that's what a could must learn. You must introduce them to the poisons, show them how they heal. And that an animal took the time for you, like, took that moment. Whether it's a scorpion or it's a spider, both. Oh, I think I I hit it with a shoe and killed it. (laughs) Oh, I would honor the animal.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) But at the time, I I didn't know I was going to get better, and I was freaking out. It was a scorpion.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. But, you know, I killed ants when I was a kid, you know, but then you eventually go back like you, Renatelle. And you, you sage like a goddess of, of scorpions or the spider woman even. And you go to her and you say, listen, I want to thank you. And you give an offering and you make a little, you know, little food for them or you do a little ritual for them and say, thank you. You know, you healed me and now that's why I can heal. I'm sure they gave you more than just healed you. They gave you the mojo to heal. Of course, you see, a scorpion so saw, woman now. <laughs> yeah, But so they saw inside of you that you can heal, and you can heal yourself with the with the help of nature. You see, it's a it's a yes. symbiosis, and that I believe is an authentic experience. You died, you came back. You didn't know uh, you were on the fence. You know, I I came back because I want to be with my daughter, but do I really want to be here? And so you start, you know, part of shamanism, you have to have the willpower to commit to living here. Yeah. Because this yeah. is really hard to live. Here. It
1: is hard. Yeah. I keep saying on the never back. The will-
2: <laughs> and you did it. And you've been building yourself up for that. But look at all the miracles that happened to you. They're not miracles. They're just nature working with you to heal your body. Because you, you believe in it and you have the past for it. You understand? Meaning every single thing you've ever done in your life, leads up to that moment that you can have a healing. Yeah. That's That's why you always do good works. That's why you always transform. That's why you always find the right timings or the right intelligence for that moment. That's why you open your heart. You know, I think, Lorena, don't, you know, if you lost somebody you loved before, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, You know, you're going to have to realize that you can communicate with them. Look, I had I know this woman.
0: Sorry, I'm going to cry, but I did actually. <laughs> that's
2: that's what it is. That's the healing. Yeah. No one dies. Everybody's better off where they go, you see?
3: Yeah.
2: I had yeah. this friend, she she there was a person um anyway, she was in her house and the phone rang. So she had to move rooms, you know, to get to the phone. Her phone was somewhere else. And she picked up the phone and it was her father who was dead.
3: <laughs>
2: dead like 25 years ago. Okay? Oh he and he's talking to her. Are you okay? Is everything okay? she's crying you know daddy that's you daddy and it was heartbreaking when her father left and sure enough they get a knock on the door right and it's the police and they said somebody had escaped from prison with a gun and they were right outside your bedroom oh,
0: wow. and
2: because you moved to their room we were able to get them
1: what saved save their only life only
2: because of that phone punk-
1: Oh, my God, I have goosebumps. Oh, my goodness.
2: That's the truth. See, that's, oh. they can do that, especially if the person is more adept when they were in life.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, I, I had a teacher once who, with their own hands, used to manifest objects, like manifest things while they're doing the healing.
3: Wow. Like,
2: you know, insects would come out of the body or, you know, they would make little tools for people or little gifts. Mm. And you just watched it. You know, it's not, they're not like a magician, like, you know, <laughs> playing games. They were able to manifest objects. I watched Christoph doing that, for instance. He loves to manifest crosses. I have no idea why. He really likes crosses. <laughs> and he makes like little crosses. And I have some of his crosses. Sometimes they dematerialize, by the way. But most of them I mean, they stay a long time.
1: That's so cool. I um, heard stories that like when something materializes like that, it actually came from somewhere. It was already in this 3D, but it came. So somebody lost it, for example, and you were able to materialize it where you are.
2: Absolutely. And that, that happened to me. My shaman said, when you go home, your, your medicine stone is, is on your desk. And I'm like, no, my medicine stone is right here. I just had it. We were just working with it. I said, no, no, no. It's now at home.
3: Oh go home. Also.
2: So I, I, I went all the way back home. It was a long journey. I came home and there it was. So he had moved the stone.
0: I feel like the whole time. Oh, my God. It, like, let me get home so I can check if it's there. <laughs>
2: And that's happened <laughs> for many ones. I, I lost my wand, my favorite. I've lost many wands. But I lost one of my favorite, you know, wands that had a spirit, a dryad of a tree. That you know, to heal, people would hold it and they would heal. And I lost it. I just, you know, I really was kind of despondent for about 24 hours. Like, where is my wand? You know, I mean, I, I have energies, I have powers, but I kind of like my wand. You know, I have attachments. to things. And sure enough, I wake up in the morning, there it is, right at my feet. <laughs>
3: Uh, <laughs> you know, like wow. when you get out of
2: bed, like they have a little thing in front, like a little rug. And there it was. <laughs> I wow.
3: Wow. You know,
2: thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Well, they said,
2: you're going you're gonna, to, you have like 40 students coming and they're all going to do rituals. And so dedicate a ritual to us. And, you know, because we can manifest. So I did one ritual about death. Okay, Lorena, just, just to tell you.
0: Just, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, I know, has gone through her own near death <laughs> and she's out of it. More so than ever, which is really Lucia has some sh- shamanic training. <laughs> and Lorena, some of you. You're just you know, you have to more remember.
0: Yep. you, know, I, you I are agree. a little afraid
2: of your training.
0: I am a little bit, so, yeah.
2: You are, you're a little afraid. Yeah. And um don't be
1: afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> she is. She's she never she was fear a fearful, she was afraid of everything. I remember that.
2: Well, if you really want uh a remedy. Then you have to go towards your fear. Mm-hmm. That's what I had to do as a shaman. My biggest fear was heights, so the first thing the shamans did was put me in ropes and dangle me off a cliff where it was a four thousand foot drop. And I, I did a- that
0: actually. I forced myself to go rappelling and mountain climbing. You ended up loving it. I loved it. Yeah. See, but my remember. little legs were shaking the whole time.
2: <laughs> but remember the feeling. Remember all your little ways of courage. You know, lots of people came to me in this life and they said, I don't want to be a a housewife again. I don't want another life where I am just, you know, with a man being a housewife and blah, blah, blah. That's an empty life. I've had four lives like that. I'm so bored. Could you please help me to be initiated into something more exciting? So I whacked her on the back, and that was the beginning. You whack them in the back. <laughs> you know, change the assemblage <laughs> point, right? Yeah, yeah. The old Toltec method. Just whack him in the back. Poor lady. And I said, this is what you asked for.
0: Got to be careful what you asked for.
2: And don't you want to face your fears? I mean, tremendous fears. You know, never did anything. So I said, well, let's have experiences. We're going to take you to the sacred site. Oh, no, I just want to do ceremonies that are nice. No way. Mm. No, we're going to go do some heavy-duty stuff. And then she slowly, slowly changed. I forced her to go on a vision quest, like no food, no water, three days. So she really came back like exhausted, like Uh drained.
1: And hangry. (laughs)
2: Yes. But she had a vision, first vision of her life. And that made me so happy, you know. Even though I had to give her copious amounts of water and help her and lie down (laughs) and everything, um, I needed her to go to her edge. That was her edge.
0: Mm. Do you You do these healings virtually or do they have to be in person?
2: I like to do them in person. You know, Crystal says, let's do them now virtually.
0: Well, I I try.
2: You know, I can do it virtually. You can send energy. You can send chi balls to people, right? That's very easy. You make little chi ball and send it. Uh, You know, I focus on people. I like to go to this little point, this little point in the back of your head, like a little indentation. And you mm-hmm. can enter the center of your skull, and there's like a little uh, room in the center of the skull. And what you do is you imagine um, this room has these things that are plugged in, you know, like like you do, like you plug in speakers and <laughs> speaker wire and all that stuff, and you start unplugging everything because you don't want all these plugs in. Here. Taking them out, taking them out, taking you know, doing it, doing until they're finally all out. And then you, you go into this inner room to go into somebody else. You go into their brain. And then you start to heal their brains. You start to heal. You know, like, like demons, also demons are actually brain uh, synapses. They're separated aspects of the brain. <laughs> and it's very wild. But you can start to call actually certain di- different demons, like of the Goetia or whatever, to heal somebody's brain. I'm a healer, so everything for me ends up in healing. And then I teach other people, let's go into this brain area, this room, and let's start working to take a bullet out of somebody. I like to do that if they were shot in the head. Or let's go into the whole body and see, you know, where the black areas are. Let's start to pull it out. And this room has been incredibly helpful for me. And I use that for for many things that I do. I like to put my hands behind somebody's head and then connect to their room. Wow. Because we all have the same names.
0: I mean, because I'm sure a lot of people want to, like, have a session with you, but maybe they can't travel.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: Do you know what I mean? So, but I understand you it is a very...
2: You just give them a message. Like, you give us I like to give messages to people and make them, you know, get prepared. If I do it in person, okay? So there were a lot of people that came to me for healings that I didn't think were really ready. But Crystal said, you know, this is somebody important... That, you know, we should give a healing. This is the friend of, you know, like the brother of somebody he really likes. So I did a big shamanic healing on them, like a whole ceremony. And no cancer the next day. So they only had like a a week to live. No cancer. They're all fine. And what happens? They go right back to smoking and drinking and they're all way alive. And the cancer comes back in two minutes and they die.
0: Yeah. So, oh, no, it,
2: it's not enough to do healings. That's yeah. what I learned.
0: It's changing, adapting, moving.
2: I have more than 5,000 healings that, that are documented. And many of those people go back to their old. Age. More than 50%. So, I get discouraged. You know, you hear about all this scientific healing, the Bible of Jesus healing this and multiplying and whatever. And in the end, did it really change their consciousness? Did the people did change? Jesus for me was quite a, quite a being. Um, I was enlightened by, by meeting someone like that. That's an adept that he was quite, quite advanced for his time. And when I think of healing, you know, and, and doing this kind of work, I want people to change their consciousness. And I think that's why we educate people more. You know, we've tried all the phenomenon. We've tried so many different ways to just to convince people that it's it's real. But they go back to their old habit of the brain. Mm -hmm. Lucia, that's why it's better that you go through in your death. You know, you you have a purpose to find your child. You have a purpose to give the life better for your child to get out of your things and fight the system, you know. Lucy is much more of a fighter of the system. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm fighting back like crazy. <laughs> That's your job.
2: That's your job. I mean, really, do we need to manipulate weather, you know, with all these <laughs> you know, they fly over your hospital, these bizarre chemicals.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: do they need to do all these things to our food? Do they need to, you know, close down all these different sites where we could have had experiences interdimensional? But- you know, Lucia's whole purpose, I think, is is to is is to fight to be a warrior and to speak her truth yeah. as a woman and say, you know, I'm just not going to take it anymore. <laughs> I think I'm going to going to take care of these people.
1: Oh. And lately, I've been very passionate about trying to get people to find a way to financially become independent, so you're not a slave to a job that you hate. Like I think that's an awful thing, and I think that's the way they they grab us like by the balls the most. <laughs>
2: kind <laughs> of complaining right yeah all the time it doesn't help yeah. you have to get them out of the mindset to think yeah. about like, what could I do how wonderful it could be then that's the positive thinking you have it you have to be a okay. bit of a, a kind of reactionary cheerleader for them <laughs> get them back Probably. to their dreams but Lorena I mean you you are more of a chronicle that's why I always say to you you need to take write it all down you it's good for you to have direct experience absolutely you know you are somebody who should journal your life you have to journal things and then things come because it's so subtle
0: yeah you
2: know you're looking for the big thing and it's very subtle and makes so much sense and they made you do so many crazy things in the past i mean even watching the ball ceremony you know that terrible ball ceremony in the mayan thing where they kill people i mean do you really need to see all that or don't you want to go into the the deeper teachings of the archaeoastronomers of the other real shamans who watch the stars and they write it all down. It's tedious work, but it's beautiful. And you're interested in that. You need to go into details. You're so good at chronicling things and, and making a pathway simpler for people too. Yeah. And then then the heavy stuff comes. Don't worry, the heavy stuff always comes. You have a teacher <laughs> who's quite heavy, you know, who's much more like, you know, indigenous. It's very this is the way we do it. And,
0: That's and you interesting it. you're saying that because I had a reading with somebody probably a year and a half or two ago and they kind of gave me that info that they saw like that tattoos on their face or something. <laughs> wow. You love,
2: you love some, some unusual teachers. Yeah. You do, but it's about you writing about. Them. Okay. You see, you've been, you have to be more of a chronicler, more, more of that. In the in a way, you have to write about Lucia and all her things and what she does. You know how she <laughs> breaks, how she faces the law, how she brings you know higher laws into lower laws.
0: <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny because I that. always I always feel like I'm such a bad storyteller. Not like, really. I feel that way though. Yeah.
2: Not if Why you have your heart in it and it's justice. If you get inside of all the meanings, remember things have multiple meanings. Yeah. When you're inside multiple meanings, then you're interested because you're a very multi-leveled kind of person. You like to go into the depths of things. While Lucia has to do justice in this life, she has to go through it, boom, 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 like a shaman. You have, she, you have to get her like eventually to wild shamans who really, because she's very respectful. She can do ceremony, Lucia. So can you, Lorena, but she can do it in a way that if she thinks it's going to get a result.
0: Mm-hmm. I think Lucia's like even when we teach. To me, it's like wow, she has a way with explaining things and bringing information forward. That like it just blows my mind sometimes. Like I I am in awe.
2: You write it down. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm the organizer. I'm the organizer.
1: If I write it it down, I mess it up. I can't. No, you're not
2: supposed to write it down, Lucy. Other people do that.
1: I need to write everything down. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's little arena has to has to be a chronicle of her time. Because more things are happening than we realize. Yeah. And it's going to be great for other people. Well, Lucio, you, you know, you're a doer. Say more nice
1: things about me. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: exactly. You're active. And you're, this is the life to finally really be emotional because you like to caretake people. And you realize, I caretake people all the time. they are going to drag me down with them.
1: <laughs> Wait, what? I, don't, I didn't get it. <laughs>
2: well, if you just take care of people, they'll drag you down with them.
1: Oh, I'm really good at giving readings. And then I'm like, okay, done. I did my yes. best for you. I can't, I can't be in charge of you anymore. Awesome. Whereas Lorena finds it a little bit harder. I feel so connected to people. And I feel like I need
0: to be on their journey with them. Not in an emotional, like where I'm taking on their pain or anything like that. Cause I don't feel that at all. To me, it's like, I want to take care. Like, I want to be a part of that journey. I'm getting goosebumps just saying that.
1: It's like... That's weird that you say that because you feel like you want to take care, yet you still haven't decided if you want to be a mother. Yeah, yeah. there's moments that I it's feel... Pulled responsibility.
2: In... It's a big responsibility. It's a big
0: responsibility, yeah.
2: You, you, you have to ask yourself, more power comes with more responsibility. That's just the way life works. Mm-hmm. I had to assume tremendous responsibility. I had a thousand students. There's no way. You have to be responsible. They're calling you at all hours of the night yeah. sometimes, and you're like, "Wow, my goodness, what happened?" No, that you don't call me about. <laughs> that you can call me about. Okay, you know you yeah. have to kind of show them I'm not here to babysit you.
0: No, and I don't feel that way at all. I think like even yesterday I got an emergency reading, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm there." Like this time, I'm and it's take like take care,
2: yeah, take care yeah. of your own heart.
0: I yeah, I do, I do. I I don't feel. I don't want to say, I don't feel emotionally invested in that way. I just feel connected. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It fulfills me. It gives me purpose.
2: Certain sacred sites are awakened. And because they have specific shields, specific things over them, it is interesting to visit them because it gives you a moment of clarity. It gives you a moment of, oh, now I see what's happening in the world. Now I see what's going on in me. And then you leave. And you come back to your work
3: mm-hmm.
2: sometimes. And that's also a ritual. A ritual is that way because you do enough rituals and then all of a sudden there's the clarity, you know, could take a few. Yeah. And, you know, then the spirits say, I want more offerings, more offerings. You think, Oh God, how many offerings do I have to give? You know, it's my house go like bizarre, but you do it because you realize that I have to eat, I have to take these things. So do they, and they don't ask for much. You know, they ask for such little things like some whiskey or something. Yeah. You know, why do they need whiskey? They don't drink because they just inhale. You
1: know. That reminds me of things that they do in Uruguay. Um, I think it was Ximena the um, the goddess of the ocean in Uruguay. Oh, it was in yes. February. What? Yes. February, I, yes. February, I think. Yeah. Everyone creates like a little boat thingy. And they put the offerings and you let it out. Now, if the ocean flips it over, she didn't accept it. You're not going to get what kind of you're looking for. If it goes out, it means she accepted it. And yeah, you're going to get. For oh, abundance
2: wow. and for abundance. Yeah. And for, yeah the silver coins. And, but she's so lovely. Well, you know, some people are just asking Yemonja once. But the idea is it's a practice that goes on all year. Right. You know, yeah. of, of meeting her, of, of honoring, of listening. You know, you learn to listen to spirit.
1: Have you ever gone to Uruguay and seen that? They do that in February, and you'll find beaches all around oh, Uruguay. Brazil, too. People dressed in white. Only in Rio. Lunch.
2: Only uh, in Rio, Réveillon, Réveillon, Rio, which is yeah. everybody's in white and they do it. That's big. I
1: did that. It's it was huge. Yeah.
2: And beautiful. I like hope. I,
1: I, I love seeing the hope in everybody when they do it. Yeah. And when
2: people are united, it's much more powerful.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm I'm a son of Oshum. You know, so it's different for me. I have to go to waterfalls and things oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Although, you, know, <laughs> you know, I, I, do my yeah, thing.
3: Yeah.
2: And um, I love Oshun. No question. She is too beautiful. And she's been fantastic in my life. She also gave me more luxuries than I could ever imagine. And I just thank her. You know, I don't know why she wanted to give me that, but she did. And then she says to me, you know, this leaf over here is luxury too. Why don't you sit in that leaf? So I sit in the leaf and, you know, this is Oshun. She's quite amazing. And then, you know, Oshasi, of course, I'm a, I'm a son of Oshasi. So I like to be in nature. I like the trees. I'm a warrior in nature. And Oshasi, very, not as many people work with. And when he comes, you know, you have to make, you have to give him an altar in the middle of a tree. I used to work with the Shamanic Institute of Brazil, who I like very much. And, and mosquitoes used to come and bite me all over my body. So I had like elephantitis, and like you talked about how big your feet were. <laughs> I was like giant from all this. I had never <laughs> been to Brazil before, and here I'm teaching. And I didn't realize you have to put on like DEET everywhere. It's, yeah, I was putting on like little citronella. And what happened after that is um, I became immune to lots of things like typhoid. And <laughs> I can't imagine I started to build immunity. So I realized I needed to go through this as my initiation to Brazil.
3: Oh yeah,
2: And that protected me whenever I went to the jungle afterwards, the rainforest. Mm-hmm. Because the rainforest, you know, there's so much in there. I was sitting on a log and I had no idea. My friend said, you cannot move. Why? There's an anaconda right beneath you.
1: Oh, my God. I would die. No, 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 no. Finally.
2: <laughs> and I looked down and you could see it, you know, moving. And it was just wrapping around the same tree I was on. Oh, my gosh. But it was just going underneath. And, and you know, I got the skin. Oh, you did? So oh, you did? Oh, that was the most wonderful moment. I wore it for a long time, you know. Then it dries out, unfortunately. You know, you have to keep yeah. it hydrated. But you know, I wore it for a long time. And I used to visit the Indians, you know, with my. And all the Indians have different animals. Like they were the cat people. I really, you know, I like cats. Oh my
0: God! I feel like I want to watch a documentary about your life. Like
2: oh, oh, the Maranunas. They're they're a tribe with whiskers. They actually indent whiskers, and they look like cats. Oh, and you so go to cool. visit them, and they do ceremonies for cats.
1: Oh, my God. Can I live there forever?
2: <laughs> I love, in, I in love the cats. The and it takes, like, you know, hours to get to them. And then you finally get there, and there they are, the cat people.
1: <laughs> That's in Brazil?
2: Brazil. Mm-hmm. And That's it's in, in near Quito's. You know, you have to take the Arapa River, and you have to keep going. Um, I'm not a big ayahuasca person. I did it um, for quite a long time. Um, I would never do it now but it helped me. It, I was too open anyway with my sight and it opened it even more. And that was my first experience with insects, praying mantises and insects. So all of a sudden I was on ayahuasca and there was a giant insect in front, like really tall.
1: Oh my gosh. And
2: it invited me to its house. So I, you know, I'm talking to an insect, you know, you know that sound and they're talking and I can understand. It's bizarre. I, I'm talking to this insect. They're all talking to each other. And I went to their house, which was modern, like really modern and beautiful. And I lived, you know, having like a meal with these insects, sitting in the living room. And they're very intelligent, super intelligent. And then the praying mantis people, it just kept going. This was my ayahuasca experiences.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and the, the profundity of it all was... Um, it changed me because I was constantly seeing diagrams in fire. Like they would be in like little squares and you would see symbols and images with fire all around them. And you would see letters, all the different letters with fire. And you would see dioramas one after another. And this is how you would remember. And I realized it was an indigenous language. Oh, wow. And, and I would spend many, many ayahuasca things just analyzing them, trying to write it down. Trying to bring back, because then later I wanted to control the experience more. And you see parts of yourself, you know, I used to see my face melting off and you see terrible things. You go into your shadow.
1: Do you, but do you feel fear when you go through those things? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I
2: went, I went terrible through. I mean, the roof blew off and (laughs) so many things happen on ayahuasca. And you're like way out there. So whenever it got to be too much, I had kind of my safe zone, which was, let's swim with the dolphins. That was my safe zone. I'm going back to the dolphins. I don't want to keep doing this. I, I, you know, you can decide. I'm to swim with the dolphins. I was
1: I mean, a dolphin trainer. I don't know if you knew that.
2: You were. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they give the Remember, they give you so much.
1: They're amazing. They're for amazing. Italy. I, I, I mean, I had to leave. I, I thought it was going to be. I thought they were like new dolphin beginning, and I thought that you know it was a good place. And then after being there for six months. I started realizing that there were the storyline behind how they got there was not true. And they were making me as a trainer, lie about them. They were bought. Right. And they were taken from, you know, put into captivity. And I spent longer, a longer time there because as a trainer, you have a dolphin, you're in charge of like the health you take care of them and you work with them. And I was 30 years old at the time. And my dolphin Luna was 30 years old at the time. We were the old ladies of the group (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I just kept not leaving. Cause I was like, I don't want to leave her alone. Cause I don't know what trainer she's going to get. And I tried to give her like a soft life because it was like, they would have to do a lot of working then do jumps and, and give rides to people. And sometimes there's people that are very overweight and this often has to carry them and like oh 20 people sometimes. And so I would kind of make things as easy as I could for her when I didn't have to give swims to people. And I was like, I don't know if the next trainer is going to do the same thing, but it just got to a point where I couldn't. I emotionally I was so upset yeah and she kept having babies and she would throw them against the edge of the it's like a cement pool kind of thing to kill them and I, I think oh. they, yeah they gave her drugs saying that she's going crazy and I'm like she's not fucking crazy she doesn't want her child to be that she knows what life the child's gonna have they're but so I, smart they are but I was considered crazy for believing that of course
2: mm. In the end, the inception of uh, a business, do you understand? How it starts will run through the whole business. And someone like you, Lucia, a real spiritual person is a revealer. So you figured out what the inception was, where they had done it wrong from the beginning. And then that frequency, that vibration, you couldn't stay in. Yeah. And neither could the dolphin, because it's telling you. It's a revealing everything to you. Yeah. You can't save everybody, Lucia. I mean, you could have set the dolphin free, you know, when I'm at a jail. Jump
1: over.
0: <laughs> that is you too. It's in like your wish.
2: little pita. Yeah.
3: That reminds
1: you. me of a what's it? Free Willy? Free Willy. Oh my yeah. god, I totally would have done that. I would have I would have yeah. gone to jail. I don't care for five years if I had to. Like, but yeah.
2: Well, we had that pita. I, I lived in new Mexico and people just chained their dogs. Never, they never take them for a walk.
1: I
0: don't understand that.
2: That shocked me. So I this dog was howling and I would try to feed it and it was cowering. So finally, no. after a few months, I just said I called Peter and I said, "Listen, you gotta rescue a dog." They came in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, didn't know how to walk; had never walked very much. It was always chained.
0: Oh chain. God, no! So they had
2: to carry it to the car, and they had to muffle it, you know, so it can't scream. And they took it to um, you know play in the mountains with another dog. And that dog is now free and whatever. And so the the owner came to my crying came to my door. know what happened to my dog so that's when you lie and you say I I,
1: I, (laughs) I have no idea you had a dog I had no idea you had a dog
2: (laughs) and you know they have no concept that they were abusing the dog and he was just crying crying that he didn't have his dog oh my you never treated it with care no one ever taught you you see this is part of the education yes Mm -hmm. you have to show people because they might feel it but they're they're not, you know, for us, they're not living quite in a very sacred way. And I'm really honoring that dog. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people like to have fun, whatever. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a tough shaman. You know, when I lived, the Indians, they're always playing, like, football and soccer. <laughs> you know, they're yeah. playing something. And they're always having games. And that's great. You know, it wasn't for me. I really like to just hang out with the star people. and the <laughs> I was always like that. And I'll do it. And, and I realized that because, you know, a lot, of, a lot of my friends who came, I, I used to bring people with me I said, they all play soccer. So you can all play football together. <laughs> <laughs> and I will go, you know, with these people to the sacred cave, right? They always have an entrance to the inner world. Most tribes will have an entrance. They take me to the sacred lake. And there they do all sorts of ceremonies and they don't want anybody else in that, in that lake. You know, that's their sacred lake. Many things happen there and that's where many extraterrestrials come down and then they mate with them. They have like sexual experiences, Oh,
0: wow.
2: And then they have the next chief. So I was initiated into all their different practices and it's much more than you imagine. It's much more organized and they learn it all from the ETs, not from people. And then they keep it, you know from all the record keepers of their tribes. You know, the people keep all the records and the sun keepers. And I grew, I grew to love them. But again, you must speak the language. And here, at least in the US, most of them are learning English. So I can actually speak to them. But you lose so much if you don't speak their language.
0: Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I knew people who came to tribes, who lived with them, who learned the language within like three years. Everything. And they had mastered all the ceremonies in three years. And then you realize this is somebody else. Yeah. Somebody who came specifically to do this. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You can't compare yourself to those people. They're on a mission. And now, you know, everything you do, all all your readings, you know, all the transformations you're going through, that's also for your families. Because as you evolve, you know that you are transforming your families. Yeah. You're transforming lineages in in huge ways. You can't imagine that. It's all service. You know, your whole life is service. <laughs> and it's a re-education of them.
1: You know, I'm coming off a little bit off topic here, but you yes. were just talking about, like, that reminds me of the aspect of sexuality. I find that there's a, a an issue where you'll have people that are over-sexual and the people that will be under-sexual. And I think, and we've always been wanting to get someone on the podcast to talk about sexuality and spirituality, right? Because to us, yeah. it's super like. I mean, the orgasm, it's like, it's so, it's an energy. It's so powerful. Can you kind of like, is there any experience you have or any information you can give us about? Breathing things? and intention.
2: Oh yeah, breathing and intention with orgasms. First of all, uh, what we what do is you build yourself up to an orgasm. Okay, and you don't do it first time. Second time, you, again, you, this is, I'm talking about the male version now, but a woman can yeah. do it inside of us. You second time you build up the orgasm, and then you don't orgasm. You just before you orgasm, you shut it down.
1: It's like tantric.
2: You have to do that. It's tantric. Everybody does this third time. Again, you build it all the way up. And then with an intention, what do you want? You can only focus on your intention during the orgasm. You don't focus on the good feeling only. Okay. You focus <laughs> on what do you want? Do you want money? Do you want a new car? You know, that's the basic stuff. Or a cabin in
1: the middle of nowhere money. away from people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want a new home? In the, the, yeah. Do you want yeah. uh, advancement in your practice? Do you want to open up? Do you want to have an ancient book come to you? Whatever. Hmm. I love those things. And so you, you, you then orgasm only thinking about that. That's the one sided. So you're building up your whole life to be able to focus in an orgasm only mm-hmm. on that. And then when the orgasm happens, you're feeling it. And you're only thinking
3: mm-hmm.
2: of that one thing, like a one, one minded thing. Yeah. Some people make a sigil for that. Some people put it on their hand, and then they put the, the sperm or whatever, or you know, they put it on the on the uh, oh. on the sigil, and then it charges the sigil. So the orgasm. Oh, it's like the energies in it. it. Yes, and oh. that will then multiply, and that's an incredible offering. Oh wow! People do that all the time. Um, yeah, I didn't know women that. do that. Yeah, I, I know many women. I'm always telling them to put the menstrual fluid here. Wait, a little, little yes. detail.
1: Does it have to be with someone, or can I do it alone? <laughs> no, all
2: alone. I believe oh, all alone. I totally alone. I do it alone. <laughs> okay. I do it all alone. And and when when you've mastered all that, you know, then you go to the next practices. How to move it up your spine. You know, you have to yeah. move an orgasm up your spine, which is another kind of orgasm that mm-hmm. takes a long time. Though, but everything you do with intention, with breathing practices really has a tremendous impact. You know, on Beltane, if you have sex and you're building it up in this way, you could get pregnant with a star child.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> but there are also
2: certain times of the year where it's really open for a star child to come in or the star child tells you when to have sex and when to get pregnant. So there, there are ways to do it. I love to talk to children in the room. I think, Lorena, that's what you should do. You should talk to your child. You should have a water birth, definitely. You know, okay. you should birth in water. I think you want to do something really alternative, and you want to document, it. you know, the conversations with your unborn child.
0: There's this book I think a lot of people talk about. It's like Spirit Baby or something. Oh and yeah, I've yeah, heard, heard about a lot it. of good. Is it yeah. maybe that's kind of the same concept of
2: well, I mean, Look at Lucia. She watched this dolphin wanting, you know, not wanting to give birth to these children and all its pain. And part of that goes into Lucia so that when she gives birth, she releases them. For a dolphin. You see, we have to constantly clear out the subconscious mind from all our experiences. Otherwise, we're going to help some dolphin or some other person while we're giving birth. Like, it becomes karmic for us. You know, we create, we take on the karmas of others, even animals especially, certain conditions.
1: What is your opinion when, like, for example, well, for example, I was ha- I was carrying twins and then one of them didn't make it. And that, so one did, which was Aurora. And I remember, I remember being at the doctor and telling, they, I was just confirming that I was pregnant. I already knew it. And then I took a test and I went and we were able to hear the heartbeat. And he said, oh, well right here, it's dematerializing, you, you had twins. And I remember feeling all of a sudden, oh, so upset, like so sad. And I had a feeling I was pregnant with twins. And the doctor's oh, it's only six weeks, it's no big deal, okay, let's move on. I was like, he just totally like turned yeah. off my, tried to turn off my feelings. Like he wouldn't even let it happen in his you know, office. The other,
2: the other twin gave its power to, the, uh, to, to Aurora to survive. Yeah. It gives its power to Aurora, that's part of its sacrifice. Just as when you gave birth, you, you helped the dolphin the children.
1: I felt you know, that because Aurora uh, has a lot of energy.
2: Aurora is also the name of the most extraterrestrial visitations in, in Uruguay, the town of this Uruguay. This is true.
1: I found out about this like last week. I didn't know.
2: So Aurora is a portal. You're saying, I'm giving birth to a, a girl. And, you know, uh, she's from the stars because Auroras are from the stars. And mm-hmm. she's a portal. Because Aurora in Uruguay is the portal. It's one of the portals.
0: Wow. wow do, you crazy. Think, do you think think yeah. Aurora's <laughs> taking on some of that? Emotional stuff from that maybe that other being or strength
2: or strength or from strength, that other maybe person because Aurora is the sensitive. one that's divine. Yeah. The other one she's Pisces.
0: Gave,
2: <laughs> gave it gave the power to the other yeah. child. That's amazing. It means that the other child is not dead. It's it's helping Aurora. It's on the other side, has its life. But it wanted to come to help Aurora.
1: It's almost like a spiritual partner. Aurora, Aurora has already has
2: a helper. Yes, she has a helper. That means that's gonna happen all her life. She's going to yeah. be influenced by that helper, twin.
3: Yeah.
2: Don't think the twin isn't going to help her. It's going to help her. Mm. Different, you know, to learn her lessons. You know, we all choose a life plan and then you have to live your lessons. And the yeah, lessons, you know, cool. quite difficult, right? They're not quite so difficult. easy. And you have to go through them. You know, you can't all of a sudden say, oh, you know, I know this lesson's coming. I'm going to avoid it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. You
2: know? I know some no, of your no. games. I know some. You know, Lorena has some games. Believe me, she knows. Yes. What's oh
1: my God! Does. Yes. Okay. Lorena, oh. avoids until like life says that's it. I'm doing it for you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was watching her little timelines. How she likes to. <laughs> kind of you can not do that. Like Lucia knows. I gotta go through this. Yeah. yeah. There's no way I'm gonna avoid this. I, you know, Lucia. I, I'm, I'm well, more
1: like our, let's let's get this done. All right. I'm. Out. I'm like let me just stall way, and see if I can avoid this. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes, yeah, that's Lucy. is something you don't have to do. You, you overdo it. But you did, you did great. You did great. I'm watching you. But Lorena's like, oh, no, I'm going to skip timelines. There you go. You like to skip timelines. Oh, no, I'm going to skip this timeline. It's going to come and bite you in the ass.
1: I know. Oh, that makes me laugh <laughs> so-, so much. I've been fighting this with my sister since my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but then, look,
2: this is a different attitude. You know, Lucia's attitude is let's go, you know, gung ho and let's do it because I can't avoid it.
1: Yeah. The sooner, sooner I get I it done, the sooner I can enjoy life yeah. again. That's yeah. kind of how yeah.
2: let's move on. Let's move through. Let's not avoid. You know, okay, what do I do with this obstacle? I can examine it. Ah, come on. I kick it out of the way. I go around it.
0: Totally, Lucia. <laughs> yeah.
2: And Lorena, you you have, you have to realize. <laughs> that this sensitivity to skipping a timeline is also your power of working with subtle energies. You see, it's another way in which you subtle energies and you like to play with them. Skip the timeline that's very subtle. Let's, let's get deeper. Let's find out what's really in it, though. Let's, you know, be careful that you don't take on others' entities though, because, you know, some entities are furry. <laughs> I hate to say furry.
0: It.
2: Yeah, or hairy. You no, know, oh, hairy. I'm furry. And I would definitely not. They're cute. Get rid of those entities. They create molds in the body. They create different things. So you have to make sure these things don't stay. Because people have those, they have attachments. Because they got involved in the astral world, something jumped on them. They're not protected.
0: Okay. So how do well, I protect yeah. myself? Or how does anybody protect themselves?
2: You always cast. Still around you, you can do it any way you want. I, there's the Hecate circle. You can do uh, Michael to my right, my left, Raphael in front of me, Gabriel behind me. Yeah, I love the Kabbalistic cross, Ate uh, Malkut, Vegebura, Vegejula, Leolam, Amen. It's a whole ritual of protection. Um, I like you to you guys make create around. a
1: hermetic class at all.
2: Oh, yeah, we create all these. Yes, yes, yes. Is it's that also on them? Um... I have a video only protection.
1: You oh, know, I'm going to do that. Okay, yeah, we need a, to do
2: it. How to on your door, how to do the, you know, it's everything. Yeah. What do you put on the door? What do you put inside the house? What do you bury? You know, how do you want to make, you know, then you can make servitors that protect you. Servitors are like, I have little statues in front of my house, and I, am, I create a thought form and put it inside the statue. Wow. And I teach you how to do that in a, in a video of the servitors. Oh, I love that. And this that. is how you make the servitor, and this is how you put it in the statue. It's, you know, it's all there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is shamanism and magic. We create little beings then, and we say, now you have to ward the house. You're, in, you're a part of my energy. You know, I created something out of myself to always ward. And they create wards and they create things and then they have a life of their own. You have to feed them. You just have to feed them with attention. Some of them, you know, you have to decide, are they made from earth, air, fire, or water? Because I make them out of elementals. Now, the way we make servitors is also from the fairies and elves because they taught us how to make servitors because fairies and elves make their own servitors. They have little servants that work for them, that are parts of them. And they create beings. So we learned how to create beings with them. There is an old occultist named Osmond Spare, you know, Scott Spare, who, who created um, servitors, and, and that's the way everybody does it. So we do it a different way. We do it through the fairies and elves. I like that. And I have it all outlined there. So you just use the symbols. We did it as A, B, C, D, E, F, T, you, you know. We made it easy for everybody to create toys. Wow. I
1: didn't know you guys anyway. had this much stuff. Yeah, no, I had no clue. So I'm, I definitely need to look
0: it up. We'll need, to, oh, we'll need to contact your secretary to get all of the info. Yeah. So we I'm, can make, make sure people have that. Additive access to it. I'm a
2: shaman who's giving it all away. You know, I'm, I'm teaching everything, you know. I always say to Christos, I, I don't feel like coming back here to this planet. You know, I've, I've done my time. Not that much, but I've done my time. And I would like to, if I'm going to come back here, I'll be of service. But I want to give it all away now.
3: Yeah.
0: Just, he
2: looks at me because he always keeps coming back. You know, Christos. Yeah. Endlessly. He's been here forever.
0: I feel like he has. Yeah, definitely.
2: He's much older. I like being with somebody that much older. You know, I watch Christos. Um, how kind he is to people or... But before I met him, you know, I was always doing little things like in the grocery. I love grocery stores, because I can help people with their bags. or You know, I'm kind of that person. Not as a do-gooder, just in the moment, am I awake enough to help somebody?
0: I know. I feel the same way when I'm, when I'm in places like that.
2: But he is rushing downstairs to help somebody bring their luggage up in a hotel. And I don't oh see he sees. He sees things, you know, I don't see.
3: Aww. And I see him
2: like darting off and doing something. <laughs> And like animals too, he's darting off and he's, you know, he's quite skillful. You know, he'll catch the bird that's falling. With I mean, just in a moment through intuition. You know, I was on an airplane that was going down. You know, I don't know if I told you that. I was I think, booked yeah, on a, I, think I heard something. Barcelona, yeah. And, oh,
0: yes, you say, yeah, okay.
2: And I didn't feel good about the flight, nothing. And Crystal friend said, you know, you don't feel good about this flight. I don't feel good about this flight. Let's, let's cancel it. So we canceled it. And that was only less than 24 hours. So I lost that money. And then we got, a, we got another flight um, for more money. And I went and met him in Germany. And that's the pilot that went down in the Alps.
1: Uh-huh. also
2: wanted to just do it. Um, yeah.
1: Do you think but, your energy on the airplane would have helped the scenario though?
2: Yes, but I didn't, I didn't want to die or whatever. I knew that he was, something was wrong. Like he was crazy.
1: Yeah. And
0: these
2: people, you know, on some level, many people sacrifice themselves. You
0: know, yeah. Mental illness. Mm-hmm.
2: Um another time, you know, Christos lost control of the car and it went to the barrier. I mean, on the Autobahn at like 70 <gasps> miles an hour.
0: Oh my god. And, he, and he we I thought okay,
2: yeah. we're gonna die. We're gonna die. And that was the greatest peace ever, ever in our whole lives. The angel, the, the spirits, everybody came, and then you just know you're not gonna die. One inch from the barrier, the the car should off. He we was so happy. Christmas was so <laughs> upset. And I was like, well, <laughs> let, me let me drive. Let me drive. I, I was, love
1: the way you guys talk about each other. Yeah, I think that's so sweet. Like it, it's just so nice to see.
2: Well, I admire him. I look I think in a partner you should look up to your partner. He has proven to me over and over again. I mean, he he decides to cook and then he masters cook. <gasps> Yeah.
0: sorry my
2: dog oh, I love <laughs> and then you know he's agreeing with me so then you know <laughs> and then I you know I watch him do different things around the house you know like how he masters this or how he masters that all day long and even when he's incredibly lazy I'm, I'm tough on him you know I'm tough <laughs> on people when they're really lazy but I realize he needs that he needs that rest mm-hmm. he's resting more than he ever has he's never slept this much in his life so he's healing something he, You know, you compensate, Lorena, people. You have to compensate. You have to balance people, too, when you live with them. You have that unconditional love for them, no matter what they do. And you have to have a commitment, even if it's mental, and you can't always feel it all the time. Like I told you, I'm not necessarily so monogamous. I don't always feel it, but I'm not going to do it. You know, I have enough willpower to say no and say yes to what is a good experience. It's not me or what. Or would you bring me deeper into myself to face, you know? I spent a lot of time facing darkness in myself, facing everything. Because we're human beings, it's part of Mm -hmm. it, right? And you see tragedies, you see things, and then you transform it in you, and you turn it, you know, that's the transmutation process into available energy you'll need later.
1: So how do you- And you do that, you do that-
2: If
1: there's something that's inside of you that you consider a dark part of you, how do you go through the process? Well, like you look at it, you read it. You what? I
2: objectify it. I bring it out of me. I admit it. I objectify it. I bring it out of me. I face it. For instance, you take a candle. Let's let's take one thing. You take a candle. You go into a dark room, such as sunrise, and you're not allowed to fall asleep. You're not allowed to go to the bathroom. You can only stare at the candle.
1: Oh my! God. Not happening. I'm gonna fall asleep in- and. <laughs>
2: Well, you prepare. You see, everything is preparation before a ritual. You go to the bathroom, you don't eat for 24 hours, you know, you don't have to go. Right. And then finally, you're sitting in front of the candle and you can't stop. I mean, you want to fall asleep. And just when you want to fall asleep, just when it's too much, all of a sudden the weird shadows all over the walls, the strange noises. Okay, these are thought forms, these are the things you created over your life. This is the darkness. Mm. And bizarre things. I mean, you and the knockings and the, you know, the whole thing.
1: Do you recognize those things you're seeing or, or do you have to figure them out?
2: Well, it makes your skin
3: crawl.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. You know, shadows everywhere. You know, you feel that, you feel that, you know, that, they're, that everything that happens here is, is for me. And so by the morning, as long as I keep looking at the light, as long as I keep looking at the light, they're one and the same thing. I release the illusion. Death, and then all of a sudden, it is dawn. You know, you've been through hell. You've been through the whole thing. You're coasting. And then on. It, there's a tremendous peace.
0: Yeah.
2: You faced yourself. And I've done that in many ways, you know, in a in a sweat lodge, in many things. I love sweat lodges. We release everything. Everybody releases it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the things that happen, and when you're with some very good people, you know, in a sweat lodge.
1: Oh, is that like the the Temazcal in Mexico? Is it like that?
2: Yes, you go into a, a lodge like oh, yeah. a woman's womb.
1: Yeah, I did it. I remember.
2: And you have, you know, the fire pit where you've already blessed all the wood and you've done, everybody has a prayer for each wood that they put in the fire. And there's a fire keeper and everybody takes turns. And then you bring the fire lodge and, you know, you pour herbs over it and you, you do your yeah. blessings of north, south, east. and You call mm-hmm. spirit. And what happened in all that, I mean, it's hot. I'm telling you, some of these are super hot. You have different rounds. You know, you can leave during the rounds, you can stay. Yeah. And all, all of a sudden, you know, there was this moment when lights just filled it because everybody had nothing to really... All these spirits came as little lights and the whole thing was just lit up, the whole sweat lodge. And the dust, they were like little sparks. Fantastic. Wow. Those are spirits. They're visiting me. And that's real. That's not something I made up.
0: No, of course not. It's real.
2: It's real. So all of you, you know, it's good to believe Whatever you believe becomes real for you. Listen. And Lorraine, you know what you believe. And your parents believe something completely different. So, you know, it's hard in the subconscious to, in any way, extricate yourself from what your parents believed. Yeah. I love to teach Hecate rituals. You know, Christos taught me amazing ones. You know, where <laughs> everything changed. And Hecate came. You know, and then he said, I want to show you. So he photographed me. And there she was with her hand on me, or Hecate, you know, walking around, Hecate staring at me or whatever. <laughs> and it was all my little interactions with Hecate. And she's lovely, you know, with the dark hair. And she's, you know, she comes old or young. She likes to change. And I grew to love her. I grew to, you know, you know, and, and, and her priestess, you know, Medea, another witch, fantastic. You know, she did incredible things.
1: And just you know,
2: they come sometimes. We used to have Santa, you know, we had a house dedicated to Saint Lucia. Lucia. I remember
1: the story, yeah. Yeah.
2: She came through the window and we photographed her coming through the windows because they like doors, windows. Dead people sometimes knock. That means open the door for them. Oh god. If you want to. <laughs> Lorena
1: again, just would just run. would run away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm I'm gone. I'm bye. <laughs> it's the only time you, you'll see her hurry up. <laughs>
2: She's very, very simple. Get used to it. You have to get used to it because they're around.
1: I know, you know they're we around.
2: Share, we share the world. You know,
1: oh, I, I make a
2: circle around my house and I say, you can't come into the house anymore. Yeah. But you can come around here. You know, Certainly a lot of souls are looking for ways to pass. So you always light a candle for them. I have lots of yellow candles for souls that are dead. And I look at the candle and I say to the soul, would you like to pass over to the other side? You know, it's quite wonderful there. I, I have somebody here who can help you. You know, I call an ancestor. And I have my own ancestral altar, you know, with all the dead people on it, And so I, I say, you know, if any of my ancestors just want to help her too. And then I take them to the to the doorway. I make a way out of it. You know, you make a giant doorway out of a candle. And, you, and then they walk through. And you feel it, that peace. Somebody's house and you have to do it. Then you say, okay, you can all leave at midnight, but I'm <laughs> gonna leave the candle here. Because you know, you you go in your own time and you make peace with everybody. And they do. You give them a time limit, always give them a time limit. Yeah. You, yeah. Have, you have to put your boundaries, hours, right? You, have 12 minutes.
0: <laughs> you put yes. up your boundaries in your in your in your limitations there, because it's your energy too.
2: And they go. And then that's a wonderful gift. That's why. You know, when you're with somebody who's just on their last breath, when they just die. I mean, it takes a lot out of you watching somebody die. But at the same time, when they die, the great release, when they poured out everything to you, all their regrets. You know, all the people they don't talk to, all the things in their lives they regret. They get it all out, and then they're at peace. And then you watch them die. That's a great gift. That opens doorways to the other side.
1: It's funny you say that because I always have discussions with people that are around me that I realize that they're on their phone so too much or things like that. And I say, like, you're not going to regret when you're on your deathbed that you didn't answer that text message ASAP. You're going to regret that you're not paying attention to this conversation we're having. We're having dinner together or, you know, whatever. I find that a lot of people get caught up in that that system, the media and everything.
2: It's all distractions, it's all distractions. You have to focus shamanism. Oh my God, kundalayas! You have to focus. You know, you have to develop your gifts. You have to go into the lodge and you have to face each direction. Some of you become direct. You know, keepers of a direction. You know what happens when you become the keeper of the eastern door or the southern door? Yep. Then you really have a responsibility. You can't let in anything, and you have to come in, let in what is what is going to. Fulfill a prophecy or fulfill a promise or help a group of people
3: mm-hmm.
2: for knowledge or in- intuition or help children. You know, it's quite an incredible task. That's all coming for all of us. Don't think that's not going to be your future one day. You'll be given responsibilities that you can't imagine yet because the earth is so whacked out in a way. It's so imbalanced. And Mother Earth, in the end, she, you know, she, she can get rid of human beings too. But she's invited you to caretake this planet and there are other ways to live there are other ways to use technology that are incredibly you know self-sustaining or enriching the planet too that are not just distractions they're not just the endless entertainment though i love it you know i grew up with all that all these films and i was all my friends are filmmakers and creative people but you know, in the end, I know what they're doing. It's like an endless advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> it really is in the end. And it's a great distraction. We're constantly distracted by, you know, people that want our energy or, you know, whatever. It's a game.
3: Yeah. You've
2: learned the game, I think, both of you. You've kind of learned. Um, the Indians say, the furniture will eat us alive. That's what they said in the 1930s. The furniture will... and what that means is um cell phones televisions yeah all this new furniture will eat us alive, and that's what these elders saw and 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 when i'm on when i'm on my cell phone too much or whatever they'll say to me the furniture's eating your (laughs)
0: life i'm gonna remember that
2: we were in new york city once and um this teacher i was with just turned to me and said look at these people you know, like 30, 40% completely vacated. Yep. Nobody home. Yeah. Nobody in there. Just going about their daily lives. They're, they're not there, Foster. And one day they'll be gone.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And just like animals who vacate their bodies here, they go to the spirit world. They don't stay here. And when too many animals and trees are gone, you're going to be very lonely. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, some people are, are partially vacated. And some are completely, almost yeah. completely gone now. And so there are entities there. And the entities are just having fun inside of a body that I don't know what to do. You know, hmm. It's not their body.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and I see that when I'm walking. And I see sometimes, you know, we saw an extraterrestrial in the U.S. walking and they don't have chakras. They, they're not like that. They're here to observe. And there's quite a few of them. So they're shapeshifters. There's lots of kinds of shapeshifters, you know, in shamanism. You have to learn all the different shapeshifters, you know, because some of them, you know, they like to be coyotes or they like to be, you know, know, they shapeshift. To always do something, usually, I hate to say this, against somebody. If somebody's harmed somebody, if somebody's done something quite nasty, they'll shapeshift and teach them a lesson.
3: Hmm.
2: Wow, Wow. you'd be careful of certain shapeshifters, because then if they're after you, you have to ask yourself, what did I do wrong? What did, who did I, you know, walk <laughs> who did I
3: kill? Path?
2: Yes. And then you have to figure out, because shapeshifters, they can blow on you. you know, they can blow things onto you. And then you have things inside of you.
1: What, like, <gasps> what, what, what are they blowing? Like
2: a blow dart. Like a blow dart. It's Peru, it's a blow dart. There's a lot of them. There's some very nasty shamans in Peru that blow dart you. And then I would spend, like, a lot of time taking out these blow darts. I had a shaman who tried to piggyback into me.
0: I remember that story from the oh, podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. scary.
2: And and I learned, you know, I had to have a group of people to get them out. You have to flood somebody with light. That can happen too. So you have to protect yourself. You know, I can get very open with native peoples. But if I don't know somebody now, I kind of
0: protect yourself. Protect. Yeah. Mm.
2: Especially if I'm in a big ceremony. I like to watch now. I have to say I love to watch dances. I like to sit and just watch because I can I want to tune into what planetary system they're dancing. Because it lasts yeah. all day you know, sometimes.
3: yeah.
2: I was on the Hopi reservation, and we picked up a hitchhiker. And I like to pick up hitchhikers on Hopi. I really love Hopi. And, you know, it was, it was a shaman. It was a medicine man. <laughs> of course, every time I picked up a hitchhiker, always a medicine man.
3: <laughs> so I realized,
2: okay, there's something to this. So we would talk about the medicine. You know, they say very little. And then he said, I'm going to a dance. You want to come? Because I give them corn. My whole, my whole car is full of corn. Because oh, I'm man. always giving gifts of corn. That's what you do. You give corn. You give of your essence. And so he took me to the hummingbird dance of all dance. Oh. And so wow. I sat there with this medicine man and his friends. And watched the hummingbird dance. As the girls came out and that hummingbird hair. And the whole bull roars. and It just touched me so deeply. And that. Was the, the, the final straw of the hummingbirds. We have a hummingbirds here. They come right up to us. You know, we just, we're sitting outside. They come. I love them. I love them. You go to love them. We have one lady here. She has like 20 hummingbird nests in her backyard. Wow. Here. And so you, you, you just want to watch them, you know, all day.
0: They are beautiful. Yeah.
2: Because they connect to something greater.
0: Yeah, I remember the she it.
2: Yeah, this shaman once told me the age of flowers is the fifth world. It's like hummingbirds with pollen. Mm. It's all pollen paths. And it's so the, they used it. to teach me how to take the pollen from the corn plant and how you put it, you know, out as an offering for the spirits, and how they all love to pollinate the world, and they pollinate whatever you want, you know. And you're you're like a hummingbird pollinating the world with good things, blessings, and. Transformations and also people to face themselves. Don't think that shamanism is not to face your real self. Oh, yeah. That's
0: how I see it, actually.
2: Don't worry. Especially if you give them a plant substance, they really face themselves.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) They want to kill you
2: afterwards. (laughs) One lady almost strangled me. You know, she said, That was 24 hours of visions. I couldn't stop it. (sighs) I said, Well, now you have to learn to control your brain. And now you have to stop resisting and start actually going on the ride. And people were ready to kill me, you know? So I stopped ayahuasca, I it was too much for them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so I, crazy. I,
2: I quieted it
1: down. I don't, don't feel attracted to me. it. I never have been attracted me to neither. it really.
2: And it can blow your system too. I, I know a lot of people are damaged by other drugs, you
1: know? Yeah.
2: And you can't do the whole thing. You can only go so far because you have to release what they buried, what, what happened to their system. You know, certain systems went to sleep yeah. to protect them. Oh, my God. Hmm. Um, the white buffalo teachings, my favorite teachings, um, is that recently, you know, all these white buffaloes were, were, are everywhere now. <laughs> you know, they came up in different people's backyards, physical, white buffaloes. Oh, yeah? We, in Egypt, we, we talk about the goddess, you know, um, and, and many goddesses, uh, 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 Isis. You know, wearing cow horns. You know, it's because mm. of the Milky Way galaxy. It's the great cow. It's the nurturing Gaia feminine galaxy we're in. Mm. And we all travel through the Milky Way. That's our stairway. So what I love is that, you know, one day this Native American was t- telling me, it's not cows foster here. It's buffalo. They're buffalo women. Okay. And they're wearing the buffalo horns. And that's this white buff- buffalo calf woman. And the prophecy is that you know, when she returns, you'll see the white buffaloes. And they genetically realize they're not albino buffaloes. They're not like, you know how once right, in a while. Yeah. An albino. No, they're actually the white buffaloes, not albinos. And Crazy. that touched me so deeply. And I started to tell everybody the white buffalo story of how you know, she came, she was, you know, she's an Atlantean, let's be honest, mm-hmm. but she came <laughs> to, the, to the Indians And she brought the sacred pipe and she brought, you know, she had really studied them. She had really loved them. And she brought them, you know, she said, women shouldn't be walking behind a man. They should be equal. They should appreciate each other. They should appreciate what each other's doing. You know, we have to be reminded of that. They were forgetting all that. There was no no animals. You have to understand. They were starving. And so she brought the buffalo to eat as well. And she became the buffalo. And she showed them as a woman, a beautiful woman. You know, the first man came her and wanted to have sex with her. And so she mm-hmm. turned him into like a pillar of salt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't come with the wrong intention.
0: Right.
2: See, now you're getting into sexuality. First comes the honoring, the respect. The other man respected her. And then he brought her eventually the next day to the village. You know, he was an instigal to that. And then he, she came and she gave this teaching. They were all ready for her. And she taught about the children and taught about you know, the sacred pipe and how to do the songs. She brought everything, everything that I love in Native American culture. Even the sun dance, which is incredibly profound, where they, you know, they ripped flesh from, them, from themselves. If you're asked to dance, you better just do it. Because it's one of the most incredible things you prepare all your life for, really. And then you do the dance and you're ripping flesh and everything from your.
3: Oh, that All for the
2: sun. All for the sacrifice for all people. You do it for all people to the same. And I understand that. You know, I don't think that we have to do the whole Jesus thing on a cross and be martyrs anymore. I don't think this is the time to be martyrs. Yeah. Though I know people are still martyrs in Africa, especially if you're a witch or a gay. You know, they martyr you. Yeah. If you're trans transgender anywhere in the world, there's there's so much going on.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yeah. these kind of people, like transgender people, I think very much, you know, they are very fearless what they're doing. Yes. It's actually changing things here. And that's quite a profound, something you would understand, Lucia. It's, it's really, I would say, a warrior path.
1: Yeah. You got to be ready to take whatever someone's got to throw at you. It's not, it's not easy.
2: Because they're constantly it's, being killed.
1: And going in a oh. completely different path.
2: And they show themselves to you, you know, you meet them and you say, Oh, you're transgender. I got it. A beautiful, what you are. Let's celebrate it. You're, you're two sexes. You're, you know, we call it bardash. and let's, let's work with your spirituality. Let's, let me tell you about the hermaphrodites. Let's talk about, let's honor you. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Let's, let's.
1: I think the biggest issue we have is we we need to label everything. Everything needs to go in a box. Yeah. And that's no. what creates issues.
2: You start to accept everyone. Oh, my goodness. In my school, like, they didn't, there was no black people in the whole school, no African-Americans. It was terrible. And so the one black kid in our school, I wanted to befriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people looked at me like, what are you doing? We don't befriend those people. Are you crazy? But that's America was very racist when I was yep. growing up. And then the minute I went to college, I said, I want black friends. I, I told my father, I want black friends. I want to have friends who are African-American. And that brought me to voodoo, as I said, you know.
0: Right.
2: No more do I want to own my white people in my life. Forget it.
0: Hmm. It's
2: imbalanced. And now I have yeah. tons of students. I'm, I'm getting students from, from Singapore, from China. I have all these Chinese people now. And, oh. and so I'm starting to try to teach them their old ways, the shamanism of the Taoists, the, you know, the old kings and the shamans that were in China, cool. and what they taught. And then Christos and I started to teach all the different Greek gods. So how do you do what? What do they like as offerings? How can you meet them? What rituals you can do for Greek? Oh, it's fantastic. And so we created a divination, you know, set that we use to communicate through the, uh, the letters of ancient Greek to the different deities so that you can do divination.
1: Just lots oh. of divination oh so much <laughs> so much
0: I love it. yeah i love it my god thank you so much for like sharing all of we've been wisdom. on i don't know how long we've been with you but for hours Yeah, we've been on for over two hours i think <laughs> yeah because oh we got on at like two and it's 4 30 here
1: but before we go i just wanna i just wanna like get in Maybe your perspective on how best for people to go, that are listening, to go forward from today on for whatever might be coming, for them to best align themselves or handle whatever life has to throw at us.
2: Well, things are opening this summer. So this is a summer where you still have to be conscientious. You still have to care how you are with other people. We've all learned now how to be more (laughs) antiseptic, how to be (laughs) in our energy too. And the people who have not learned that may never learn it, and so they're dirty, and no one's ever really explained to them how to be clean. That's the, one of the first things in spirituality. You must be clean enough. Even if you sleep on a dirt floor, it doesn't matter to me. And then um, the next thing is to come out with realizing that now that you're coming out of a cocoon like a bear, you know, <laughs> and, and you're birthing something new, You must think differently. You have to think outside of a box, like you were saying. You have to come out. Maybe there's a new way to do my work. Maybe there's new work for me. Maybe it's more on the internet. Maybe I'm going to be home more. Maybe I'm going to be more with my children than I ever have been, and I don't want it any other way. You know, A lot of people got exposed, too, while they were (laughs) in hibernation because we got to see what they were really doing before that. (laughs) and and you see maybe i want to change the direction of my life maybe i want to meditate maybe i want to spend more time you know just doing active meditation or something good for myself because you do something good for yourself the whole idea of finding yourself it's not just the dark things right it's also to accept everything that you are, just to accept you as you are like i accepted lucy exactly the way she is because she's right there in your face you know with Mm -hmm. it you know and i'm gonna keep running you know that's her i'm gonna keep running <laughs> yeah, towards the dawn. And Lorena, with all your fears and everything you do, you are connected to like the spiders and all these things too. <laughs> you like all those little insects and all those fun things. You know, you're connected to quite really unusual beings and you're an unusual person. So the more you embrace how unusual and not to be afraid that that, that you're going to die, because if you've passed through this, you're, you're not dying right now. Oh,
3: yeah. And
2: if people have died, it's because. They wanted to. It was time. They couldn't make it. Yep. And yes, it's true. They they definitely got rid of a lot of the population with this. These terrible things that they create in laboratories that, that animals then amplify. You know, because they don't Do know. Do you what think we'll
1: ever doing. like see justice to those things that were done? No?
2: A uh, justice? Uh, yes. And when we enter the fifth world, that's all justice. Everything gets corrected. Everything gets exposed. All the insanity they've done with cloning, with everything. There's a lot going on on the earth, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's know. a lot I, that's
2: hidden. It's a lot I,
1: I binge-watched Gaia. I, <laughs> yeah,
2: that there's a lot of terrible things going on.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and what you have to do is you have to trust spirit. You have to trust these ancestors, whoever you want to do it. I don't care, actually, what you believe in. You know, I'm not a big believer in Yahweh. Yahweh is not for me. But El Elyon... Yes. El, you know, I love them. I, I follow you know, certain spirits because I know they're not destructive.
1: When you say ancestors, in, you're talking about the ancestors my, of like humankind or the, the specific body of the person in this lifetime?
2: All of it. It can be your ancestors that are you in past lives. Ancestors can be also the people in your family. A lot of people have deep connections with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And third can be um, ancestors from the stars your star ends because you come from the stars i come from delphinus crystals comes from orion there's a way to calculate it did you know that it's so no. tedious. Yeah. you don't want to do it it's very tedious but in the end you find out where you come from you can do that anyway by meeting the star woman or star man at a stargate meaning you just in a ritual you ask the star woman to come she's quite incredible when she comes just call her she's she like she likes to come native she wears a choker you know with a star on it She's quite amazing. And when you meet her, then you ask her to show you, how do I astral travel? How do I go to the stars? Or how do we meet my star brothers and sisters? And she slowly, slowly like takes her hand. She shows you the way. You go across the void too with her. And she shows you the void and how there's so much life inside of the void before creation. Um, If people are on the fence of, should I do this or not? It's time to get off the fence now. Now is the time you're either on this path or you're not. And I know people think we're crazy that we're on this path, but it's a harvest. Those that made it, you're gonna make it. And those that didn't make it, it's rock and roll time. They're gonna be faced with their deepest fears. Mm. Amen. And and all at once, and too much, and can lead to a terrible war. Yeah. And if you don't want this war to happen in a sacred way, to- We're starting to live where everything is sacred, every person respect. Of course, you start with respect. You know, even at the grocery store. I went to many grocery stores and people looked terrible to me. (laughs) They were like the cashiers, everybody. And they were always like terrified to speak English in South America. And you know, I tried to speak Spanish (laughs) and then my Spanish is so terrible, they don't get it. And then we're (laughs) sitting there and I have to make them laugh. I have to find some way to break the ice. Because I need them to have a different kind of day. I need to shift the energy in the grocery store. Yeah. That's that's, that's what we I hate to say. It's the little things. I agree. That's what I noticed when, when I had my own near death experience. It's all the little things I noticed. I thought I'm gonna review the big things. No, you reviewed very little interchanges with people.
0: Mm.
2: Little things you said to your daughter, you know, little things you said to some total stranger you forgot. Little things you couldn't imagine, but that you did that were kind of nice as a kid instead of stealing somebody's toys.
3: Mm.
2: You know, eventually you pray people will have a transformation, they stop stealing each other's toys. <laughs> but some people never stop.
3: Yeah.
2: And then yeah. you say eventually, okay, you're not going to the next world. And that's what you have to kind of tell people you're not going to come with us into this greater consciousness for us. So easy, it's not going to be even hard for us. Lorena, is going to be like, oh, the next world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, fourth dimension, time. Oh, there's no time. Well, I didn't feel like time really existed anyway. That's going to be you, believe me. <laughs> and everybody else is going to be like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> the whole world is falling apart. Oh, my gosh. It's total chaos. And that's what we just found. Things didn't go as people planned. You know, people were controlled by, you know, whatever. But the idea was... Uh, you felt you're not in control. There's something around. There's these beginning of these viruses, which can be much worse. It could have been Ebola. Come on. And it wasn't. So we are protected. A lot of people are protected. But you really need to learn how to create protection. You really need to learn to work yeah. with this. You really kind of need to evolve now. You don't evolve. Well, this is not your planet.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, we feel the same way. And we say that message on the podcast all the time, too, so
2: compassion yeah. is amazing yeah it's and not idiot compassion for everybody but kind of compassionate to have justice or fight for what you believe in or not be afraid to tell the truth or the compassion of i hear your side i hear that you know all the born-again christians here they go on and on about jesus jesus, jesus. and you just look <laughs> at them like okay well it's been translated 26 times and you're actually following the wrong god home <laughs> people look at me like oh my god you're such a heretic of course i am Because I remember the original Christ teaching. I remember the Gnostics. I remember the early time. I remember Mary. That have impacted me so much. One day I will do a video only of, you know, what Mary really said and what her teaching. I love
0: that, yeah.
2: And Christos will just do Mary's gospel. And Mary Magdalene, you know, all all her, she was incredibly intelligent. You know, she was quite, they were all women who empowered other women, like all the housekeepers who were being beaten by their husbands in those days. They were always transforming. them. They were always empowering them to leave their husbands. That's that's why when you give it like a a reading and you tell somebody, well, I think you should leave your husband, you know, he's kind of beating you and uh, they look at you like, what? Or, you know, he's cheating on you. I have readings where the husband comes, right? Oh, gosh. Because he's watching the wife. If you tell her I'm having an affair and so you can't say anything, right? And then while they're leaving, you just whisper in her ear, and he's having an affair. (laughs) It's <laughs> not more years they know oh, they know and that's why they're at the reading they're not there for the couple session yeah he's there to make sure I don't spill the beans because he wants to hold wow. on to it
1: wow wow and,
2: you know, and eventually I'll expose it eventually I have to say it I mean the first reading yeah. is the like intro, intro. It, it's, like it's kind of your time.
1: job to say the truth right
2: exactly but the truth is, is not so easy, and yeah. most people don't want to hear the truth
0: most people don't. Yeah,
2: no. I, crystals told this guy he was like the earl, you know, very big guy in England, you know, the, the 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 nephew of the king, the queen, and you know he says, "Well, you're very bad in business. You're never, you know, all your business is gonna fail."
0: Oh my god!
2: <laughs> and it happened, so he didn't want to come back to crystals.
0: Of course, yeah. They, but even just thinking of this, like the truth, people don't want to hear the truth. I think that's what's happening now. People yes. don't yeah. want to see the truth. Even awesome. in this context, right? It's crazy. Yeah.
2: You know, Chris is amazing talking about thought and how thoughts think and they keep creating more thoughts and you have to be in control of your thoughts and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's amazing. That's the hermetic, you know, great teaching. But when I see people like this and you say the truth to them and they don't like you for it. Yeah. Like Reagan's, Reagan's press secretary came to me once. Just I, I've worked on a lot of famous people and Reagan's press secretary. And I just said, I said it so truthfully, exactly what I thought was going on. And she said, you know, this isn't resonating with me. I'm going to leave. Oh, gosh. And then she said to my secretary, and you know what? She was a friend of my secretary. And the secretary, she said, another reader said the same exact thing. But, you know, it's just not true.
0: Doesn't want to believe it.
1: Wow, denial. <laughs> the
2: woman, she had denial. a big center, big spiritual person, whatever. She was like the center because they had so much money. They built like a center to the goddess. Hmm.
0: Oh, there is goodness. so much denial right now. It's insane.
2: It's always been there. How how do you do it? Well, after a while, you know, when born-again Christians talk to me, I try to talk in their language.
1: Because,
2: you know, I can talk the Jesus language. not hard for me. I know the Bible in and out. I can quote. So, you know, I give them the nice start, and I bring them to a higher level. I remind them. Some of them are bipolar. You know, they're almost on that border. They're borderline people. And you try to help them to elevate. Because it's true, when people get together and they believe these things, you can do the healings that Jesus did. Of course you can. Of course, yeah. Look at the power of the mind. So let's work with that. You know, I'm a shaman. Okay. Even though I don't believe anything you believe, you know, to me, you're like really ignorant. Because I read the Bible, I know the real thing, and I know all the different tribes, you know, from Canaanites. And you know, I like the originals. You know, I'm I love the Nephilim. I'm I'm a child of the Nephilim. Christos has the mark of of Lilith. Mm. It's in his body. Any witch can see that, because it's a real witch. Lilith marked him, which makes me so proud of him.
3: Aww. You know, because
2: it's, you'll always speak up for women. And that's what I did in my life, you know. I yeah. told my father, you really have to treat my mother differently. You really have to honor her, you know. She's a spiritual woman that can't live it. And she's never going to live it. When my mom died, you know, this I, I think I told you, this giant elk. Uh, It's a deer. It was actually a deer with the big antlers. It's called the stag. Came in Los Angeles in the middle of the city and came to our garden. I didn't photograph it, but it came right up to us and said, your mother died.
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow.
2: And the phone rang and they told me, my brother told me, my mother died. (laughs) And that was the, that's called the guardian of the forest that all shamans know. That beautiful deer that they shot, you know, when Diana Died, you know, Princess Diana, the big deer came and they shot it. That's the way they are. They're so violent. I'm not like that. You don't eat the deer and shoot it, but that's the old way, the Celtic way. Yeah. Me, you you acknowledge the Thank you for the message. Thank you, Spirit of the Forest.
0: Wow. Yeah. For
2: the message. I am humbled, you know. I will fall down on my knees and thank you. But I don't, I never exaggerate, I just thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this is life. And I think the interaction with animals, it's probably the most magical.
0: Thing. It is. Yeah.
2: And I think this, this incredible thing with our kids, you know, when they're little and so formable. It's amazing. You just kind of want to put the, the right things into them.
0: It's powerful.
2: I, it was amazing to me meeting this actress, the famous actress, having a reading. And I asked her, So do your children see your films? Oh, never. They don't watch TV. I don't allow them to.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah.
2: Okay, I understand. Because her spiritual practice was no distractions. Right. You do your work. It's my work. I play this on film. It's a great gift, but I, I know the impact on others.
1: Of course. Wow. That's powerful. Wow. That's amazing. But karmically, she believes it's a distractor, but that's her job.
2: Exactly. See the contradictions we all live by? Do you yeah. see how hypocritical people are? hmm And how can you have a job that doesn't hurt the planet? You know, so you have to find things that really kind of help Mother Earth.
0: You have to balance it out.
2: You're actually doing that. You're doing that for your whole family for generations. People who really work and work hard and really care. No, I've watched extras. So watch those people. They say, you know, that's actually quite good what they're doing. Doesn't matter their job. It's just the way they're doing it. We used to talk about that snow. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, when you look in somebody's aura and you're in an airport and all of a sudden you see snow on their aura. like I've all I've never heard
0: of that. I've never heard
1: that.
2: Most wonderful thing on earth. Because that means that person, every single life, has uh, always been good. It's always wow, been
1: good. you probably saw like a handful your entire life.
2: <laughs> you, don't, you don't see it that often. Yeah. And they're usually quite poor or whatever, but they're very, it's the snow. It's the first time you see the snow. Christos and I were walking in L.A., and there was a little black girl, beautiful. She was maybe 13, and 12, 13. We were just walking behind her because the aura was so big. Oh, I mean, wow. giant aura. Oh, wow. We were just watching her. And finally, Christos turned to me, and I looked at him, and he said, future president of the United States. That's why she's here.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: future president. I love that. So, I, so then we stopped following her. I mean, she also thought, what are these guys following me? But... <laughs> We just were wa- watching the aura. Yeah, there's these guys are Because movie. <laughs>
3: There's
2: movies in the aura, and you mm-hmm. see an illustrious being has come as a little black girl.
3: Wow.
2: And some people, you know, they they act, they're so big on screen, whatever. And the aura is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at it. Uh,
1: yeah, I
2: can imagine. Uh-uh. I mean, Lucia really sees that. She sees two people. She says, "Oh, you're talking bullshit." That's, that's Lucia.
1: Oh my god, and it pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And there are many of you now on earth. There's so many of you like bullshit seekers. You know, you're like, I know you're doing a false teaching because there's so many false teachers now. Look at the internet.
1: Oh, Lucia has a radar for that, it's crazy. You know what I, what ticks me off lately a lot? I call it la la spirituality, where people think that you're supposed to sit here and manifest a great life all the time and never look at the dark, never look at, I think that's not helping other people.
2: Yeah, because when, when you die, you go through a bardo. You know, Out of yourself, you create, out of your mind, all of the things that are unresolved in your life. You understand yeah. all the bardo, all the regrets, everything turns into a bardo, and it can trap you. So the idea is go through the bardo while you're alive. Look at everything that entraps you. Look at every false belief you have. Look at all the things, you know, all of a sudden you see, oh, my God, I did such terrible things. So mm-hmm. I have compassion for these people. Yeah. But I have a boundary. You know, it's all those things. Yeah. Just, mm. But you see it in yourself. I and mean, then you forgive yourself. This is the great self-love. Yes. It's not narcissism, right? It's just wholeness. Yeah. The wholeness that creates the whole that you can travel with, you know. Yeah. That you're connected to all these. I, I love to talk. I talked in my last video about all the different things, the stages of a shaman, how you become a healer, how you become this. You know, there's stages, all the gifts that open. They're amazing gifts. They can open. And they're normal. They're natural. Some people are born with them and some people develop them.
0: It's a process.
2: And this is the time for women. This is their empowerment. This is their leadership. This is the time when you want to really reach women and say, look what's inside of you.
0: No. Mm. <laughs>
2: the adepts are looking for you. you know, They're looking for somebody who's, who's growing. Sometimes when you meet a really great astrologer and knows the stars, they can talk to you. Because you can talk with star language, you can talk numbers, you can talk, because, you know, they like to talk numbers, they like to talk geometries. Yes.
1: Do you find that, I mean, I I find it really hard to find men that are ready to (laughs) accept (laughs) spirituality, right?
2: I know. You're looking for a native person. (laughs) That's what I would say. Um, You're looking for somebody who comes from probably some, some spiritual background, like, They were ancestors who were shamans or witches or priests or, you know, of their clans or whatever. You're looking for those people. And they killed most of those people. They killed off whole lineages. You've got to understand. The reason why those men don't exist is because they killed them.
0: Hmm. The
2: protectors of witches, protectors of women.
0: Speaking of that, I I started watching The Witcher on Netflix and I'm like, I love it. (laughs) Oh, I've never seen it. A distractor or no? It's, it's, <laughs> a I lot just of love distractor. all the witch, witchy stuff in it. It's really good.
2: Because you see what you need to see. You understand? Yeah. You see the wisdom in things. That's what you always see. You're, you know, you're only looking for the truth in everything when you're watching a film, when you're, of you, course, know, you see something yeah. beneath it. You know, I would tell Christos, everything I see beneath a film and he'll say, oh, please shut up. <laughs> you know, I, got it, I got it. I got it. That's but me.
0: I, it, That's me. Oh my God. Yeah, but
2: I got the whole thing. I got the yeah. whole vision. And then I was like, "Oh, sometimes I, I want to cry, you know, in a film, because it's such a beautiful realization, and that's what film does. Yeah. It can bring up emotions like great art. Any kind of art can make you feel.
0: Yeah, and there's that's what I wrong love
2: with feeling the, feeling the spirits, feeling the answers, feeling the love. This is what we all miss, is that camaraderie, that the clans, everybody helping each other. Yeah. That's what I think we are trying to create in the internet. And I do think that's the Aquarian age we are entering. Now.
3: Yes. This,
2: mm-hmm. That's, I think, part of these broadcasts, is like the warmth of each other. I'm not just talking about myself and what happened. It's also the warmth in the community. When we, when we share our stories or when we have something to share.
1: Yeah. yeah true. You know? That reminds me of what I got into lately, which is the Ubuntu movement. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of it. No, no. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. I'm like talking to anybody that will listen to me about what
3: is it. What is it's it?
1: basically like, it. Ta- well, first he, he talks to you about things that, well, I already know, but I don't know if everybody, but they give it really f- quickly like the banking system and, and oh. you know, all the things that end up controlling you and limiting your life and how obviously Gaia's is abundant. And that if we were to create communities of 500 plus people and we lived in communities, would be a boon to like a small, I think he calls them small town. Um, The idea is that you live in abundance and there's no money and there's no barter. It's literally you put three hours uh, of Mm -hmm. three hours of your own labor in to something that you're good at. And then you have the rest of like the week to grow spiritually, do whatever it is that you enjoy and love. It's like kind of like a tribal.
2: Well, that is the future. Yeah, that That is is what's coming. It will come.
1: I hope so. This, this man's been pushing it for a while, the, and, and I, um, Michael it? Tellinger, I think his name is? Yeah, him.
2: we're so ahead of our time. That's why you're all ahead of your time. You mm-hmm. see, you're already creating the future.
1: I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, where's there one in Holland around here? Anyone want to sign up with me?
2: <laughs> I told Crystal's where I first wanted to move was, you can buy a house now around a farm in the US. So the farm is in the center. So that all the kids and everybody get to see farm animals, they get to play in farms, oh, they get, awesome. to get all fresh produce, all organic. And then you live in one of the like 90 houses around the farm. And the farm is sustainable because all these 90 families are buying from the farm. But you still yes. have to have jobs in town. Yeah. But the idea is... I wanted to live like that. I just I feel like that. That's the uh, yeah, if, yeah. And it exists all around. around here, by the way. And yeah. the idea
1: is, there's scientists, there's people that like are good at what they do. A doctor, home home. like real healing, right? Yes. No more big pharma. <laughs> all mm-hmm. that. Good luck with that.
2: <laughs> we did, we didn't vaccinated though, and it didn't affect us at all. No. Today, we had the vaccination when, and Chris and I had taken homeopathy before and after didn't affect us it was very little we just felt a little like you couldn't lift your arm for one day but then and then we looked inside is it really changing us you know do we are we getting magnetic or something no nothing happened and then we researched it the Modena the people who do it that they pray over the vaccine and that they were the people who created the vaccine for AIDS and that they had a breakthrough you doing their vaccine for COVID to create one for AIDS
0: I heard something about that, yeah.
2: And that totally touched us. And we started to research who created that vaccine, these Modena people, because that's the one we got. And and we asked our guides, we only want the vaccine that's really good for us, <laughs> okay, the one that could actually help us. Mm. And then we found out that they pray that there's intention in it, mm. just like the way we live our lives. And that's why we were attracted to it.
1: That's awesome. Like when you, like, put intention on a glass of water and drink it. yeah. yeah same yeah. thing you can do it with your food anything right
2: yeah it's with your sigils you put it underneath the glass yeah awesome <sighs> or you do All the right. cover of the cross on top of the glass and you make it holy water and you drink it
1: yeah okay yeah well, it, I, well it's we better be go. Here. <laughs> i to be here <laughs> well, we
0: love you guys we thank like, you well. so much oh I will to so spend
1: like, another three hours but I gotta go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love sleeping so thank well, you so much well, bless
2: you. and keep you know keep a pad and paper because probably there's some interesting yeah. genes with a, still with the dolphins you know there's a specific star markup that is just for dolphins and whale people and it, it is a specific star for those who like, you know, oceans, and ocean geography. You know, there are stars for everyone. There are stars for, for meeting masters. So, okay. Lorena wants to always meet masters. She doesn't realize I, that she does. I
0: do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I love that.
2: And they're around here. And there are immortals. So, thank bless you. you. The world thank is much you, more thank than we so imagine
1: thank you so much for for, for taking the time to talk to to us and everybody and yeah we we love we love love talking to you guys and getting your views and stuff like that
0: we hope you guys enjoyed that episode and thanks again foster for coming on here and to just be a part of this community and to help everybody kind of awaken and see things in a different perspective and light we really appreciate you thank you for all the work that you've done we we're just over the moon and grateful for everything that you do and for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on here and just talk to everybody. So sending, sending everybody a big hug. And we really hope that you, that you enjoyed this episode, send us your comments, your feedback on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye guys.